RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be construed with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Saturday Night Livestream. Hope you guys are having a lovely day. Do me a favor. Don't forget to like the program as you come on in. Just hit that like button on Rumble. Hit the red pill on Foxhole. You can hit a like button over there on Getter as well. And I think you can hit the like on Twitter. I'm not sure exactly. But either way, very excited about tonight's show. My guest this evening is John Cullen of the John E. Hoover YouTube channel, somebody who, in my opinion, has done some of the best investigations into what really went down in October of 2017 at the Mandalay Bay Casino, Route 91 Harvest Music Festival. John is here live on the air. We've got video, we've got audio, and we've got so much to discuss. I want to give a big shout out to Marinda. Thank you so much, Marinda. Sending something to my mailbox. I'll be able to show you guys on Monday. And I got some other stuff too, but I don't have the approval to show it off yet. As soon as I do, you guys will know. All right, you guys, do me a favor. Sit back, relax, grab your popcorn. And we're going to be right back after this with John Cullen. All right. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. And please join me in welcoming my guest for this evening, Mr. John Cullen. John, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. It's great to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. A pleasure to be able to host you. So I wasn't just blowing smoke in the introduction there. Uh, I remember contemporaneously as you were producing these reports on the Vegas shooting, I, I was just blown away. I mean, it was one of those circumstances where I feel it was very special because the vast majority of people, even all of the normies that I knew in my life, they watched what happened. They saw the news rolling out. They saw the ineptitude in the FBI and the Vegas police. And they they knew instantly that something wasn't right and that the information we were getting was massaged at best. And there was a cover up at worst. There was so much more going on. So the fact that you were able to connect the dots in the way that you did and even more than that, John, the fact that you were able to get those videos out on YouTube, you know, you were pretty early in terms of the censorship curve, I think, you know, it was uh, with a, a couple of years down the road before they really started clamping down, certainly once COVID hit the scene, but they were beginning to do that already. So even back then, I was surprised at your ability to stay on there with such quality information that was challenging the narrative. So kudos to you, Sue, sir, kudos to you. Um, so let me ask you, beginning with this, what was it that first drew you personally into the investigation into what happened in October of 2017 at Mandalay Bay? It, it was just a happenstance. Uh, at the time, I was living in Thailand, and 
10 p.m. in Las Vegas is 12 noon in Thailand. Okay. So I was in my I was in my office, and I'm in my office doing work, and all of a sudden, uh, Drudge Report, Twitter, Facebook are lighting up about Las Vegas, and it's happening in real time where I'm sitting. And so I'm looking at all this, and I'm like, well, this is pretty remarkable. And uh, Joe Lombardo does a press conference at 1.30 a.m. Las Vegas time. So I'm watching that. He does another one at 3 a.m., and I'm watching that. And he's declaring that they've got the lone gunman at 1.30 in the morning. And after seeing what I saw on Facebook and Twitter, I was like, how did you determine it was a lone gunman in 90 minutes? Mm -hmm. That seems a little... Oh, quick. And I was, you know, you're hearing gunfire from everywhere. And I'm thinking, well, you got the Excalibur, you got the Tropicana, you've got hotels all over the place. How did you guys get up on the roofs of all those hotels and confirm there weren't shooters up there? You did that in 90 minutes? That's pretty impressive. I wasn't buying it. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't buying it. It's not, it's not conceivable even in the slightest. So, uh, so beginning from that point, uh, you start in on your investigation. If you don't mind my asking, what is your background? I mean, do you have any special skills that uh, allowed you to kind of look at the big picture here and put things together that other people might not? Uh, I wouldn't say special skills, but sort of a weird combination of things that many other people can do. So, for example, um, I'm pretty good with Lightroom. Right. So uh, I don't use uh, Photoshop. I'm not a Photoshop guy, but I'm pretty good with Lightroom. And so using Lightroom, I was able to take images from the video clips that people had filmed with their uh, iPhones and bring up contrast and things like that, bring up the black levels and manipulate uh, to get more detail out of the shadows, so to speak. And that's something I knew how to do. So that probably helped me a bit. And then the other thing is, as a child, <clears throat> it's going to sound weird. I was a professional magician. Okay, I, went, cool. I, I, went, I went to magic camp with Lance Burton. And so he and I were teenagers. And I think he's a year or two older than me or something. And we went to magic camp together. And so we were, you know, little professional magicians. You know, you know what can I tell you? That's what we did. And he was, a, he was amazing. He was like in another league. It was like uh, going to high school with Tom Brady. You know, and he's the <laughs> high school, you know, quarterback. And it's like, this guy's in another world. And that's what it was like uh, going to magic camp with Lance Burton. But when you, when you study magic and you study deception – for as many years as I have, and you do it for entertainment purposes, well, when it's being done in front of you, you have a slightly more critical eye. (laughs) And so when presented with cognitive dissonance, which is the delta between the narrative, Stephen Paddock shot everybody from the window, Mm -hmm. and what we're watching happen on video, you're like, what? This is one guy? from one window shot all these people in the head Mm -hmm. with a bump stock. Okay. Yeah. You'd be kicking all over the place. (laughs) Yeah. So again, when the narrative and what you're witnessing 
are so dramatically different from one another, the cognitive dissonance is intense. Now in magic, right? I show you some cups, I show you some balls, the balls aren't where they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Nobody gets upset, it's entertaining because there's not that much at stake. There's a bunch of red balls. And if there's one ball or two balls or three balls, there's not that much at stake, so it's entertaining. But the minute we start moving into people getting shot, it's upsetting, it's nauseating, mm -hmm. it's sickening. And when the story and what you're seeing don't match, that's that uncomfortable feeling. And that's cognitive dissonance. And so in me, it triggered this need to continue to look. And I don't know why. I tell you the truth, I just can't put my finger, I don't know what happened, but <clears throat> I knew something was wrong. And I knew because of the clock, it was like 4 a.m. in Vegas, 5 a.m. in Vegas. And I'm thinking everybody there is exhausted. And for me, it's the middle of the afternoon. It's 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I just keep going. And I keep going. I keep watching footage. Next thing I know, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. And I decide I'm going to spend the night at the office. I think that and your so I, channel is largely the only place that you can find a, a good majority of this video footage anymore. Like if you go out there, you know, a couple of weeks ago when I did that show with my friend John on, on our program, Baseless Conspiracies, just trying to find as much as I could about the uh, the Vegas shooting and, you know, from a different perspective, not from the, the mainstream perspective. Um, it's nay impossible at this point. You know, everything, <laughs> the search results on Every single search engine, doesn't matter where it is, even the ones that purport to be in support of free speech, uh, they've been massaged to such a degree. <clears throat> you know, it's it, it, you just basically can't get to anything that isn't uh, an official story from a Daily Beast or from a New York Times uh, that isn't disparaging anybody who's attempting to look at this from another point of view. You know, and, and for anybody out there who does research on the regular, you know, you used to be able to get through the first 20, maybe 30 pages of search results. And then all of that stuff would kind of be buried at that point. But now they just omit all of that stuff from the search results. You know, I couldn't even find your channel or any of your videos while searching on any number of engines. And even when I went to YouTube to find, you know, to see if you were still online, um, you know, the only other person that uh, that I was watching as as religiously at this time uh, was was Jake Morphonius, you know, because he was doing his his own sort of investigation into what happened. Uh, one thing that I thought was really striking about the aspects that you brought up uh, was the discovery of the helicopters. Now, I would I want to talk about this uh, at, at a pretty deep level, but I'm really interested to know from your own personal opinion, why is it that you think Jake responded so violently to the, the possibility? And, and from my opinion, like videographic and photographic evidence and also witnessed reports firsthand that there were helicopters involved. Why do you think that was? <clears throat> well... Uh, it, it, it's, it's hard for me to say specifically why Jake did it. So let me pull the lens back a little bit and let's okay. look at it more broadly and say that there's a bunch of people like Jake. Mm -hmm. 
that were publishing content where every single thing I published was wrong. Those aren't helicopters. Those are jets. That trajectory is not that. It's this. Mm -hmm. if, if, if John Collins said that they couldn't have shot the tanks from the room, then they shot the tanks from the room. If he said that they could, then they couldn't. Mm -hmm. And it seems that there were multiple channels doing this. Now, one of the things to keep in mind is I was producing content from Thailand. And what you have to understand is, is that Americans who are overseas, it's okay to be surveilled by the CIA. Yeah, right. Certainly. <clears throat> oh, all right. So, yep. and that's what FISA is for. Mm -hmm. And so while all the mainstream media was talking about FISA, 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 and Carter Page, mm -hmm. an assistant to a presidential campaign, the question is, was there a FISA warrant issued to surveil John Cullen in Thailand? And was because there? Because he's producing, I'm fairly certain there was. Uh, Gina Haspel, who ran the CIA, mm -hmm. ran uh, the Bangkok office. She ran the Bangkok CIA embassy uh, you know, operation there. So before she ran uh, the CIA itself. So she was based in Bangkok. And, and quite frankly, I think maybe the reason I'm not dead is because of Gina. For whatever reason, I think she said, no, 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 you can't just grease this guy. Can, and let me ask, let me ask you this. I mean, you, you don't you don't have a personal relationship with Gina Haspel, do you? I mean, you're just no, saying that you th no. this is based upon her character. You think that she's a good enough person? She yeah, wouldn't have you. They, they were an hour away from me. If they wanted me dead, I'd be dead. They were an hour away from where I was living in Thailand. They, they I would, dude. I was producing content mm -hmm. from the Four Seasons Hotel. Okay. They knew the IP address it was coming from. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the irony is that the Four Seasons Hotel at the time was 45% owned by Awaleed bin Talal. Yes. The other irony is, is that the Four Seasons Hotel is right above Mandalay Bay, but there's yeah. no signage on the building on that side. So most people aren't aware that that's also a Four Seasons. Right. And at the time... And this, I didn't, I didn't divulge this for years. I think I only told people this maybe a year ago. I was working at the Four Seasons. Okay. Do you think? And I'm producing content and publishing from the Four Seasons. Yeah. And I'm an hour away from Gina Haspel and the gang in Bangkok. So if they wanted to grease me or scare the hell out of me, all they had to do was fly down. They could have done that real easy. So did you ever suspect that there were actually like like physical agents surveilling you like in person? Like, did you ever get the feeling you were being tailed or, or that you were under no. any other overt surveillance? No. No. And I'm, I'm heavily armed all the time. And when I say all the time, when I go to the bathroom, when I go make coffee, I like Pulp Fiction. Like I learned the lesson that uh, Travolta didn't. I am always, I am always armed, always. Uh, I'm a big proponent of the Second Amendment myself. Uh, uh, so, yes, you're in good company. Uh, I love that. Okay, so let, let's let's talk about those helicopters. Um, 
This this to me was one aspect of it that I I thought that this was going to blow it wide open, you know? I mean, just because from the forensic evidence, from the autopsies, uh, the trajectory of the bullets, uh, the uh, propensity of, of for women to get headshots for them. I mean, you there was just so much that was there. Can you take us through the usage of helicopters in this false flag operation? I don't I don't even know what a false flag is um, well, to me like operations northwoods was kind of yeah. false flaggy to me but um, I, I'm using it, it I don't, I'm using it just like uh, it, it was a it was a staged operation that they put a patsy in the center of for whatever reason they used Stephen Paddock as the fall guy but there was something much larger going on here and I, I you know I'm I don't necessarily know what the end goal was. Uh, you know, there's speculation about the Saudis. President Trump, you know, obviously very shortly after that, uh, we had the Saudi coup, so to speak. Uh, and so, I, you know, but anyways, but that's that's what I mean when I say that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I mean, certainly the helicopters are the pivotal point of the story. And yeah. um, so the reason I think Jake and other people got so upset about the helicopters is because the helicopters lead you to it's not Stephen Paddock and it's something else and somebody else is behind this. So uh, the question is, well, who would do something like that? Mm -hmm. In other words, if, if we're clearly looking at this evidence and you see it and I see it and everybody else sees it and says, well, yeah, I mean, what the? and then they're like, no, that's not that. And it's like, where, where are you guys coming from? Well, it turns out that a number of years ago, there was something called the Smith-Munt Modernization Act. Yes. I think it was during the Obama uh, administration. Yep. And what it said is it's okay for the government to produce propaganda to counter stuff coming from abroad. Mm-hmm. I count as stuff coming from abroad as the guy producing stuff from Thailand. Certainly would. Well, well, that right. So what that means is it's okay to fund people to produce videos on YouTube. Well, it turns out that the State Department starts an organization called the GEC. And the GEC is part of the State Department. So if you Google State Department GEC, you'll be on their page. They'll drop a billion cookies on you. Now they're tracking your ass. <laughs> so the GEC is the organization that Elon Musk, a week or 10 days ago, tweeted out and said, of all the agencies that have been riding Twitter's ass about suppressing stuff, not the FBI, not the CIA, the GEC is the worst offender. Now, I've been talking about the GEC on the show that I do with my uh, broadcast partner, Jason Goodman, mm -hmm. because it's all tied into the Smith-Munt Modernization Act. The Smith-Munt Modernization Act provided now line-item budget for the GEC. So now the State Department has a budget for this. And <clears throat> they can produce propaganda to counter the stuff that I make that they consider a threat to national security. Now, then you have to ask yourself, to, yeah, what is right. the threat to national security when it comes right. to a, a lone gunman in Las Vegas? Right, right, right. And, and why does this thing get so convoluted? And you know, where do guys like Jake come from? So at the end of the day, I believe that, that people like him and others are being paid by the GEC to produce this content. Because if it's not them, well, then who is it? And what we learned from Zach Voorhees, so Zach Voorhees came on the show. Yeah, good and friend. What, what he, 
<clears throat> All right. So what Zach told us was the day after the Vegas shooting was the day it all changed. Mm-hmm. He said the day after the Vegas shooting, we came in on Monday and Susan was like a different person. He said it was, it was like wild. And all those documents that Zach Voorhees shared, that all happened the day after the Vegas shooting. Mm-hmm. And, if you, and if you go through them, what you see is that Stephen Paddock, spelled with a V, spelled with a PH, spelled with one D, spelled with two D, spelled with P-A-D-D-O-C-K, P-A-D-D-I-C-K, right? Any possible way you can come up with Stephen Paddock they had put into their visibility filtering cement mixer. No more. And they had all these terms. This is the next day. And Zach was on the show. He was telling us, he's like, it was weird. It was like all this stuff just came out of nowhere the next day. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he really connected, you know, the, the depth of the cover up with what had happened uh, operationally at YouTube that day. Mm-hmm. But I did. I mean, I once he showed it to us, I was like, man, if that isn't evidence of this type of government, I mean, what, in other words, what, what we, right. So, so what Matt Taibbi and Schellenberger have shown us and, you know, what, what uh, Elon has, has made possible. This is happening at YouTube too. Mm-hmm. And it happened the day after the Vegas shooting or the night of. Mm-hmm. They probably had a conference call one o'clock in the morning or, you know, something midnight. Who knows? But Zach came on, shared those documents, showed us everything. And I don't know, half half the stuff in there that was misinformation based was all about the Vegas shooting. Mm-hmm. So they were really freaked out about that. It took me eight days to see the first helicopter. And I didn't leave my office. All right, I had a wife, three kids at home. I got a cot, a sleeping bag, and I called a plumber. And I had the plumber put a shower in the bathroom. And I didn't your leave office. the office. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't and I didn't leave the office for ten days. Wow. And on the tenth day, I had identified three helicopters and I caught influenza. And the influenza strain that I caught was bad. It was one of those avian Asian ones that was really nasty. And I caught influenza and got sick for like another week. So I spent 10 days, saw three helicopters, realized it's an aerial attack. And so now we're at October 10th. Mm -hmm. And I start a channel on YouTube called John Cullen. That channel is deleted and ghosted from YouTube the same weekend the QAnon makes its first post. Mm-hmm. And, my, and my house is broken into the same weekend. Oh, wow. Now, in at the time, <clears throat> I thought that could have been people from Bangkok at, in that moment because my YouTube channel had just been deleted the day before. And now my house is getting broken into. And I'm like, all right, this is getting too intense. So, uh, in retrospect, I think it was local Thai guys that broke into the house. 
You mean like, like local there. criminals or local? Yeah. Or, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, local thieves. Just a happy um, coincidence. Uh, that it happened at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but in the moment I was petrified, man, I you know, wife sure. and kids, you know, I, you know, people ransacking the house and there's passports all over the place. It was a scary thing. So <clears throat> I don't know, a, a week or 10 days later, I relaunched the Johnny Hoover channel and John E. Hoover is J. Edgar Hoover's real name. If he yep. wasn't so, uh, right. If he wasn't so stuck up and erudite, right. So mm-hmm. his name is John. It's not J. Edgar. It's John. So John Edgar Hoover. And I figured, well, at some point I'm going to be moving into the building. So we don't need to even change the signage outside. Cause you know, the FBI is building a new building that's bigger than the Pentagon. Right. Yeah. You know that right. Yes. Yeah. So I figure we can get that old building pretty cheap. There's probably asbestos in it. We can probably <laughs> rent that thing for 10 grand a month, right? So, and so we don't even need to change the sign. It says J. Edgar Hoover, right? So yep. we'll just change it to John E. Hoover. It won't even cost us a thousand bucks to change that. So that's great news. So that's why I kept it John E. Hoover, named it after J. Edgar Hoover, who before he became a lunatic actually had a reputation as being a very good investigator right? Uh, at the FBI. So before he became, you know, uh, power hungry psychopath. He had a reputation of being a very, very good investigator. So I named the channel Johnny Hoover. Uh, and I start publishing these videos. And when we saw the body cam footage from the police department, the LVMPD footage with the actual axon, uh, time clock, that allows me to start synchronizing everything mm-hmm. and really start putting it together. And the net of it is it's an aerial attack. And the net of it is there's no gunfire coming from 32-135. None. And I can say that pretty definitively because the window's not broken. Exactly. The window of 32-135 isn't broken until after midnight. Mm-hmm. Well, who the hell broke it after midnight? It wasn't Stephen Paddock. Now, Stephen Paddock was long dead. So you have to look at the evidence differently, right? I have a saying on my show uh, that I stole from a comedian, Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright does this bit about how he wears two different color socks. And he says, but to me, they're the same because I go by thickness, right? And that's kind of how I live, right? And so that that's how I live my life, right? So yeah. to me, that that's how things are. It's like, yeah, exactly. If the socks are the same weave, I don't care if one's green and one's red. They're both Hanes and they're from the same package and it's the same weave. I don't care what color they are. Sure. So I understand Stephen Wright's way of thinking. And that's how I look at the evidence. I look at it a little bit differently. And I was not interested in Stephen Paddock at all. I couldn't care less about Stephen Paddock. I couldn't care less about Mary Lou Danley. I couldn't care less about the guy from Australia. I couldn't care less about Jesus Campos. What I cared about is where are people getting shot from? Mm-hmm. Who is shooting women in the head? Who's doing that and from where? <clears throat> Show me. That's what I'm focused on. Where are they being shot from? And the remarkable aspect is I couldn't find any footage where you see gunfire coming from 32-135. Mm-hmm. There's none. Yet, we do have footage of gunfire coming from that little room next door, 32-134. Now, 
Now, 32-134, there were only eight shots taken. That says that in the police report. And those eight shots were taken with a bolt action 308. And according to the LVMPD, those shots were taken at the tanks, the fuel tanks, those right. aviation fuel tanks. Yeah. Well, if the LVMPD accounts for all eight rounds, which they did, that means none of those rounds killed anybody. Right. They told us, no, they took eight shots from their room. Two of them hit the tanks. The other six missed. That means nobody died from that room. Okay, now we go to the other room. Mm-hmm. Well, the window's not broken. Well, that means nobody died from Mandalay Bay. Mm-hmm. Nobody was shot from Mandalay Bay. Go back, 32-134, little room next door. Eight shots are taken from the room, according to LVMPD. They find eight brass casings on the floor. Two of those shots hit the tank, according to them. The other six missed. Nobody got killed from that room. Now we go to the big room, the suite, 32-135, the big room. When the cops break in, Levi Hancock is the stud who blows the door open and fires his weapon. Who the hell is he shooting? Why didn't Levi Hancock fire his weapon if Stephen Paddock was lying on the floor dead with blood all over the place? Mm-hmm. Why did Le- What is Levi Hancock? What's he shooting? And why did somebody say good shot? <laughs> so, and, do we have any, any explanation for that? Did uh, they ever try to, uh, to no, explain No, I've, I've, I've got a video on the channel called uh, Levi Hancock good shot or head shot yeah. or something like that. And again, you see all the footage, you hear it happen. What? Who's he shooting? Now, I have I have a hypothesis about what happened, but it's speculative and it's not really material. It doesn't really matter. Well, I'd still right? like to hear well, it though, because I definitely remember right. the videos about Levi Hancock. <laughs> all right, so I'll tell you what I would have done. Okay. All right, so that this is counterterrorism. So, if it was me, if I had been hired to do this, okay. I needed weaponry in the hotel, and ideally I need a white guy to provide the weaponry. Mm-hmm. All right? I have a job to do upstairs at the Four Seasons. There's women that I used to work with years ago who have since retired, but they'll do a job for $25,000, They'll do a job. I get three of them. I need them to find a guy who shoots at the range and gambles at the casino. That's all I need. That's all I need. A guy who's a shooter that gambles. Find me somebody in their 60s who's a shooter that gambles. And why does he have a minivan? Because he thinks he's taking a bunch of guys out to the desert to shoot. Mm-hmm. I've done that. I took Jason out to the desert with a car full of guns and a bunch of targets and a bunch of ammo. And we go out to the desert and we shoot. And it's a blast. And if you said to me, hey, listen, I got a bunch of buddies. Can you meet us outside of Vegas? And, you know, we'll go, you know, let's do some testing. In fact, you know, we, we can get an M249 and, you know, we'll, we'll do some elevation stuff. Yeah, why not? And what, you're not allowed to check into a hotel? And you're supposed to leave your guns in the car? I'm going to leave. No. You bring your guns in the hotel room. You just don't shoot anybody with them. Mm-hmm. 
it's perfectly okay to have your guns and bring them into the hotel room. Just don't shoot people out the window. That's the part you're not supposed to do. But you can have them in your hotel room. You can clean them. You can fix them. Just don't shoot anybody. Don't you think this happens all the time? Certainly. People compete. There are competitive shooters that compete, NRA shooters. They shoot bench rest. They shoot uh, F class. They shoot. There's all these different styles of shooting in the NRA. And these guys travel all over the country, all over the world, and they stay in hotels with Mm -hmm. their guns and they don't kill anybody. Yep. And it's perfectly legal. Now, if he thinks he's taking a bunch of guys out to the desert the next day, and there's four or five guys coming plus the three girls, well, hell yeah, we're going to need the minivan. Now, that explains the minivan. I got four guys coming. These guys are rollers. One of the guys got a Ferrari. The other guy's got a McLaren. The other guy's got a Lamborghini. And they might want to buy the guns. And they'd be willing to pay 10 to 20 grand cash. Mm-hmm. So Paddock thinks he's looking at a $250,000, $400,000 payday with a bunch of guys who are just throwing money around. So and he's got three girls checked into the hotel with him. And, and, so, and obviously these are the same girls that were reported running from the hotel room when the police were uh, getting ready to breach, uh, I would imagine. And then also, does that explain why he wired the room up with cameras to in, like for his own safety to make sure that everything was going to go down right? No? No. All right. He doesn't have a clue. Stephen Paddock doesn't know what the hell's going on except he thinks he's bringing a bunch of young, wealthy guys out Mm. to the desert to do a shooting thing. And if they want to buy the guns, they can buy the guns. I can sell you any of my guns. I can sell you whatever you want. Sure. Right? It's legal, right? As long as you're not a felon, I'm allowed to sell it to you. There's nothing wrong with that. So private sales of weapons is perfectly legal. And if that's what he was doing... You don't need to be like an FBI informant. It's it, right. Everything's not a movie. Everything's not a movie. You and a couple of buddies could meet me in Vegas. We could go shooting. And one of your friends could say to me, my God, I love this gun of yours. I'd give you five grand for that. And I said, oh, yeah, I'll take five grand. And then I saw him the gun. Sure. This, it's <laughs> not, it, it, I'm not an FBI gun runner. I just sold, you know, guy my gun. This is how guns get sold. It's just, there's gunbroker.com. You can so, buy thousands of guns online. So you don't think there's so don't anything? Think to, there's nothing to the uh, idea that Stephen Paddock was some type of illegal gun runner. He's just a mook who just doesn't had need some to be. Yeah, right. So, so in other words, what you want to do is ratchet everything down to the simplest. Okay, him being a gun runner and see, yeah, exactly. The guy doesn't know what's going on. He's got twenty guns in his room. <clears throat> I could have twelve guns in my room. Mm-hmm. It, to me, it's not that's not a big deal if he's got a bunch of guys coming and he's got three girls with him. Mm-hmm. How come nobody knows there's three women checked into the room with him, right? So th- that doesn't make the mainstream news. Why are they making it seem as if he's a he's a loner? His you know he's checked there's three women in the room with him. And they We've leave that, that out of the story. And of right. course there's all so, the room service carts and everything too. 
indicating right. so people. other people right so laura loomer gets the receipt to show that there's more than one meal being eaten in there so obviously there's people and we see girls clothing is sitting on the in the room there's right. like girls little outfits there mm-hmm. and there's five room keys sitting on the counter of the bar five room keys have you ever checked into a hotel by yourself and said, I think I'm going to need five or six keys? Never. One is never. one. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. So five or six keys, five, five keys sitting there. So Paddock, I think, was set up. He was honeypotted to provide the weapons, thinking they're going out to the desert, shoot some Tannerite, make some things go boom, have a blast, drink some beers and sell some guns. Good night. I think that's what he thought was happening. Right. So at some point that day, maybe 7 p.m., 4 p.m., 6 p.m., whatever it was, ding dong, knock on the door. Stephen opens the door. Bang. He's dead. And it's over for him. Now the operation begins. Three stories above Stephen Paddock's room is the Four Seasons. Mm-hmm. He's in 32-135. Three floors up on the 35th floor, it becomes the Four Seasons. And those three floors from 35, 36, 37, 38, actually four floors, that's Prince Awali bin Talal's presidential suite. Mm-hmm. Now, the night of the Vegas shooting turns out to have been Ashura. And Ashura is the Muslim equivalent of Passover. It's when they tell the story of Exodus. And they have different words for stuff, right? So mm-hmm. they don't call it Passover, they call it Ashura. Um, but it's uh in 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 the muslim religion they still study the old testament so the story of exodus it's the same it's moses and the river and the baby and then the, they let my people go and the mm-hmm. you know it's the same story so they tell that story but at a different time of the year and it's called ashura well ashura was october 1st 2017 mhm now, I don't know if you've ever had Passover dinner, been invited to a Passover dinner. No. But they're telling the story of the exodus from Egypt. Mm-hmm. Egypt. Now, Egypt is known for having pyramids, mm-hmm. like the Luxor. Yep. And for having a sphinx, mm-hmm. like the Luxor, and obelisks, like the Luxor. So if you were in the suite at the Four Seasons with the kids, telling your kids the story of exodus... And looking out the window at the pyramid and the Sphinx, because you can't really do that in Egypt easily, right? You just know no. that they don't have a Four Seasons right outside Giza. But you can do it in Vegas, baby. You can put the kids in a suite, set up dinner, and right out the window, there's the pyramid and there's the Sphinx. And you tell the kids the story of Exodus. That's a Shura. John, if I may, in 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 this, I guess, traditional, uh, uh, you know, thing that they have where they tell the story, is there an element of ritual that's included with it as well? I mean, is there some pomp and circumstance and acting something out or is it's just, you know? I don't know. Okay. I don't think so. I Again, I don't know it that well. Um, it's not like one of those holidays with self-flagellation or anything like that. But the, the point is, is that it, it's a it's a notable evening. Mm hmm. Like, it's a holiday. Like, this is a holiday, you know, dinner thing that you might have invited guests at. And if you're a VIP staying at the Four Seasons in Las Vegas, you might invite some VIPs to be your guest for a sure dinner. Yeah. 
All right. So you, al- just you also have a mind. kind of morbid parting of the Red Sea, if you will, as well, with people running from yeah. bullets. Yeah. 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 So with all this, my focus was where is the gunfire coming from? If it's not coming from the window, the window's not broken. Where's it coming from? And you see these aircraft where there's not supposed to be aircraft, meaning we're looking at flight radar and we see Maverick. So when people first see my work, they're like, yeah, well, there's tour helicopters right there. It's like, yeah, well, I looked at that the first day, mm-hmm. right? So the tour, right? So that was, you know, October 2nd, October 3rd. I'm looking at Maverick, Sundance, and then all the companies that are out there where you can go shoot from a helicopter. You can go up in a helicopter and shoot an M249 and at barrels and stuff. And so I'm thinking, well, wouldn't one of those companies have reported to the, to the police that a bunch of ISIS guys came in, killed our receptionist and ran off with the helicopter, shot up the place and crashed them in the desert? I mean, you, at some point that would be a story. Right. We don't hear that. That's not what happened. So if none of those guys were overrun by an ISIS crew and nobody stole their helicopters, well, then that's not what happened there. Well, then who the hell's got helicopters? And that's where the research led me to Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Because it turns out that the Saudis were buying helicopters from Boeing uh, and from uh, McDonnell Douglas. And I guess Boeing helicopter is in Mesa, Arizona. And Mesa, Arizona is about 275 miles as the crow flies to Vegas. And that's about the range of a lot of these helicopters. Oh, there's an airport right before you get to Vegas called Kingman, Mm -hmm. where you could refuel and head back out to Vegas, boy. Nobody would be the wiser. So wait a second. So the Saudis have helicopters? In Mesa, Arizona? hmm Yes. Trainers. Turns out the U.S. government is selling helicopters and stuff to the Saudis. But they buy these training helicopters and they send Saudi pilots to America to train. And this was all happening in Mesa, Arizona. At the Boeing helicopter and M- McDonnell Douglas helicopter was across the street Boeing has since bought that company. But the Saudis were training there. Like this, this there were stories about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading, you know, aviation news and Air Force news and all that aviation stuff. And it's like, that's not a secret. They're, they had, you know, this many AH-6Is and this many Blackhawks and this many Apaches. And they're training in Arizona. Oh, if it's 275 miles away, that's, you know, we're looking for means, motive, and opportunity, right? So do they have the means? So the means would be, do they have helicopters Mm -hmm. within a reasonable radius? Like not a thousand miles away, right? Sure. All right. So who else has helicopters? Like at the time, there was a lot of saber rattling going on. I don't know if you remember this about North Korea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And North, you know, and, and back then, I think there was like this warning that there was a missile launch over Hawaii. I remember and that. Everybody's yeah. worried. Yeah. So 
I didn't know what was going on. Like, I'm thinking, well, North Korea doesn't have helicopters anywhere near Las Vegas. How would North Korea get helicopters anywhere near? It can't possibly be. No, how could they even the get Saudis, their pilots into the country either? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It would be like this would have to be just an unbelievable mission. It's like, yeah. how, how would they pull that off? Yeah. Like, and, and after seeing that movie <clears throat> with Seth Rogen, you know, I probably believe they can't even feed themselves, right? Because you know, the supermarkets are all made out of cardboard. That was a great movie. <laughs> so, so I'm thinking it's not North Korea. So you look, it's like I made a video called, you know, like who are the usual suspects here? Like mm-hmm. who would it be, right? Who do you think would have done something like this? Now, I remember Laura Loomer was saying, well, she thinks it's ISIS. And I was like, but ISIS can't fly. ISIS uses Toyota pickup trucks. Right. They right. don't have helicopters. You, ISIS can't fly. Suicide bombers uh, and stuff. Yeah. They, 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 you, you don't have precision aircraft movements from ISIS. Sorry. That's not what happened. So you you narrow it down. And it's like, well, the Saudis have grown helicopters 275 miles away. And then you start to dig in. Well, why would the Saudis do anything like this? It's well, great. there's an article in The Guardian from mm-hmm. 2015 talking about regime change in mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia. And it's a, it's a letter written by cousins saying that the appointment of MBS as the crown prince is just a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. And that all the cousins are meeting and discuss- And I'm reading the article. I'm like, well, guys, you're pretty much admitting to a coup d'etat here. It's like, you sh- you're saying the quiet parts out loud in in your in your letter. Mm-hmm. You sure you want to? And so you read this, and you're like, "My God, these!" In other words, you've got a bunch of offspring of Ibn Saud, the founder of Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. that are now in their 60s and 70s, who are the grandsons or the great grandsons. Then you've got MBS, who's at the time in 2017 or 2015. He's 31, 32 years old. Mm-hmm. And these guys are saying, wait, 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 wait a second. I'm the great grandson of the guy. I'm the grandson of the guy. Yep. And I'm 79 years old. I've been waiting for this my whole life. And you're going to give it to the 32 year old? Right. He can't wait till he's 50, 55 years old. He's got to have it right now. And that's their position. Well, there's enough of these cousins that feel this way that this Guardian article goes out in 2015. You read it, and again, it reads as if it is the admission to a coup d'etat. Mm-hmm. That they're going to do whatever they can. And Al-Walid to... bin Talal was among those people, wasn't he? Correct. And yes. at the time, he's the wealthiest of the cousins. Mm-hmm. So of all of the, the direct descendants of Ibn Saud, he's the one with the most wealth. He's the one with the biggest stake in Twitter. He's, in fact, the largest single shareholder in Twitter. Uh, he's the one, big stake in Apple, single largest shareholder in Citibank, 45% ownership of Four Seasons mm-hmm. at the time, at the time. And on November 5th, MBS arrests him and he brings in Blackwater. Mm-hmm. And Awalid bin Talal loses 60 pounds. Mm-hmm. And a couple billion dollars. But he's alive. 
Now, he has not stepped foot in the United States. I think his passport's been taken from him. Mm-hmm. He can't leave Saudi Arabia. Now, why would they do that? Why would MBS do that? Nobody is- seems to be asking what was the rationale behind the Night of the Long Sword, November 5th, 2017, five weeks after the Vegas shooting. Mm-hmm. Why would you arrest Bakr bin Laden, the head of the bin Laden construction group? He built all the football stadiums like all over the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Is the biggest construction company in the Middle East is the, is the Bin Laden Construction Group. Bakr Bin Laden runs it. They arrested him. These are the wealthiest men in Saudi Arabia. Because they tried to kill MBS. Exactly. Five weeks earlier. So, and, <clears> and here, Sal- Salty Zero over on Rumble says, no motive yet, strange, but I truly do believe that this is the motive. So, do we have records of MBS uh, being present in Las Vegas on that night? We have witnesses that worked at the Four Seasons at the time that said that there was a massive Saudi entourage at the Four Seasons at the time. They can't pinpoint MBS but MBS doesn't have an alibi. In other words, there's no news story showing MBS with anybody, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, in other words, a meeting in Switzerland the next day, not nothing like that. In other words, a lot of people were saying that President Trump was there that night. But the next morning, he's meeting with the Prime Minister of Thailand, Prayut Chanocha. I lived in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Prayut Chanacha was the prime minister when I was there. He's meeting with Trump October 2nd, Monday morning at 8 o'clock in the morning at the White House. Trump doesn't like to not sleep in his bed. Sure. So he was at the he was not there. But somebody very close to him may have been in Vegas. Absolutely. So you know that Jared Kushner was given $2 billion by MBS. I No, I didn't know that. I know that there was some relationship between Kushner and the Saudis, but beyond that. Right. Kushner and MBS are incredibly close. And I believe that Jared Kushner may have been there that night as a guest of MBS and that they forged a bond that explains MBS's investment of $2 billion into Jared Kushner's hedge fund. I believe Jared Kushner and Ivanka were MBS's guests for Ashura. And I think they were there that night, and I think they almost got killed. And I think that's why Ivanka Trump pulled out of politics. She was very active before this. She was Mm -hmm. traveling around the world with Trump. And after October 1st, she was out. Ghosted. So She was out. So do you think the cover-up has more to do with the protection of MBS so that the news of this possible assassination attempt didn't get out, which allows him to, uh, uh, you know, essentially solidify power just a couple of weeks later? Or do you think that there's another aspect to it? I I think that MBS, it, it, it depends on when. So in other words, immediately after the event... I think they had to cover it up 
just like you know how we had this uh, this Idaho killing thing. A bunch of kids in a house got killed in Idaho, and the police were feigning incompetence, and the oh, parents yeah. of of the girls that were killed were really getting upset. And the cops were like, "Well, you know, we don't really know what to do and where to turn and whatever." And it turns out that was all not true. Right? They were tracking the guy. They followed him across the country, but they were feigning stupidity. And I think that that's what they needed to do for the weeks between the October 1st shooting and the Night of the Long Sword. And I think that was at MBS's request. And I think MBS said, I need you guys to keep the lid on this so that I can round up the guys who did this. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to deal with this the old-fashioned way. I've seen how you guys do justice. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to show you how I'm going to show you how justice is done. Some old world justice. So, all right. So, November fifth, a hundred of these guys are rounded up at the Ritz Carlton in Riyadh, but one of the cousins doesn't make it. One of the cousins doesn't make it. Mansour bin Mukran, his helicopter's blown out of the sky that day. Oops, and his whole entourage is killed. Was it was Mansour bin Mukran the author? of the article for the guardian everybody else makes it to the ritz carlton poor mansoor <laughs> poor mansoor didn't make it now mansoor bin mukran's father had been the crown prince at one point mm-hmm. but he was pushed aside so that mbs could be crown prince you think that he's got a chip on his shoulder what else did that guy used to do? The guy who was the crown, Mansour bin Mukran's father, Mukran bin Abdulaziz. Not only was he the crown prince, he was the head of the GIP. What's the GIP? The General Intelligence Presidency, which is the Saudi CIA. Okay. So the head of the Saudi CIA used to be the crown prince, meaning he was going to run the kingdom. He was going to be the wealthiest man on earth. And then they pushed him aside for the 32-year-old. Be kind of like Alan Dulles becoming president of the United States. <laughs> but, but but now Mansour bin Mukran is, is like, wait, 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 what, what, what? My dad was going to be king. Mm-hmm. My dad was going to be king. That means I was going to be the crown prince and I was going to be king. And now they just made MB. That's like a whole nother part of the family. I'm I'm not going to get into anything if MBS is the guy. Mm -hmm. What do you mean my dad isn't going to be the guy? My dad was the head of the CIA in in Saudi Arabia, the GIP, General Intelligence Presidency. What do you mean he's not going to be the crown prince anymore? You're going to push him aside. And you know, these guys play with swords. There'd be a lot of animosity there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you get a bunch of helicopters and it turns out, you know, are there factions within the Saudi Arabian National Guard? That's the group that was training in in Mesa, Arizona. It's 250,000 men. Mm -hmm. Can you find 16 Wahhabis Mm -hmm. that think that a 32-year-old shouldn't be crown prince and one of the older guys should because it's old school? Mm-hmm. And Sharia law, and you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Can you find sixteen guys? Yes, you I can. Bet. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you can. So you got MBS 
saying women can drive. We're going to do Middle Beast. Have you guys seen Middle Beast? Middle Beast is like Coachella meets Burning Man in Saudi Arabia. (laughs) Now, if you're an old school Wahhabi, your head is exploding. You're like, what is he doing? This is the Holy Land. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. if you're an old school Wahhabi, he's he's like borderline. You know, they're losing their minds over this. Heretics. It, it, I mean, to them, he's like the Antichrist. To them, yes. they don't get this. This they're, they're like he's got women jumping around and dancing and driving. I mean, we should talk about women driving. We need to talk about that here. I mean, it's. I don't know if you, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you've noticed, but he might be on to. You know, we might need to reel him in a little. But oh, the net of it argue. again, he's he to the old school Wahhabis. He is off the reservation, right? I love the guy. I think Mohammed bin Salman and Khalid, his brother, are the future of Saudi Arabia. I love what he's doing with Niam and all this stuff. He understands, guys, we can't just suck oil out of the sand forever. We need to compete with Dubai. Mm-hmm. And we can't compete with Dubai if you're going to have this hardcore Sharia stuff for visitors. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to introduce more Dubai-like tourism to Saudi Arabia. And the old school Wahhabis hate it. And his cousin, it's all about the money, man. You're talking about yeah. trillions of dollars. These guys all have yachts. Have you seen his boat, Serenity or Serene? One of the most magnificent yachts in the world. He bought the Leonardo da Vinci painting of Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. For $450 million, half a billion dollars. And he put it on the boat. (laughs) That's my kind of guy. He put the (laughs) painting on the boat. So if you want to see My Leonardo man. da Vinci's painting of Jesus Christ, you gotta you gotta go for a ride on MBS's yacht because oh, that's where you're gonna find it. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. He's my. Oh. Hey, I love the guy. I love him. I really do. And and I think that he's he's gotten a bad rap from Bruce Rydell uh, at Brookings from Stratford because they're all making him out to be a lunatic. It's of like, course. Well, if if you if he had been. You know, if this is an assassination attempt in Las Vegas, well, then November 5th makes plenty of sense. Absolutely. And and the killing of Jamal Khashoggi mm-hmm. on the one-year anniversary. Did you know that? Right, yes, did I did. Jamal, yeah. So Jamal Khashoggi, right, what you do is you start here mm-hmm. and you cut and then you cut here and then you cut here. So you get three cuts just on the pinky. Mm-hmm. Then you cut here, you cut here, you cut here. Right, so every finger you get another three cuts, Ooh. and you use a pipe cutter, and you use a pipe cutter. So by the time he's got no fingers left, the video, right? So they're recording this. This is in the Turkish embassy. Oh, re- uh, MBS okay. w- wasn't aware right? of the so video. MB- <laughs> Yo, of course. What good is it without a video? You got to <laughs> videotape it to show the cousins. Sure. You're going to show everybody the video of Jamal getting sliced up into sandwich size pieces. And then you turn to the cousins and you say, any questions? Anybody have any more bright ideas? <laughs> Anybody? A- anyone? Anyone? Bueller? <laughs> now, now, Jamal Khashoggi is not a sod. That's why he was killed. So what part did he play in this whole thing? 
Jamal Khashoggi used to work for Awaleed bin Talal, used to work okay. for the GIP. Okay. So when Americans are told that Jamal Khashoggi is a journalist working for the Washington... Jamal Khashoggi was the number three guy in the mm -hmm. Saudi CIA. Okay. He's not a journalist. He was the number three guy in the Saudi CIA. He worked for Awaleed bin Talal in some operation that they had. He's He's not a journalist. I mean, just because you write something doesn't make you a journalist necessarily if you're yeah. a spy it would also so. make sense that he's working at the washington post too they're not doing a lot of journalism there and plenty of spooks in the building as well um real quick trisha q patriot texas says did john say whether or not he looked at flight aware for those helicopters that day i'm assuming that's some sort of uh, uh, uh tracking system I, I i'm not like a plane fag myself but i know that a lot of people are and there's great work that you can do in there um but this kind of ties in with something else uh, i would assume that you did because i remember looking at call signs and stuff like that in your video wasn't there some question of uh these uh these 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 um <laughs> you know, I don't know. They, the, whatever the call signs were, looked like they were potentially being masked, like they were registering as a Cessna, but they were moving like helicopters. Is that correct? Do, am I remembering that properly? I did a bunch of baselining, and I did. I use. I didn't use flight aware. I used flight radar twenty four. Okay. And using uh, same thing. It's using ADSB transponder data. Um, they both do. So, uh, flight radar twenty four. I did baselining, basically showing I was looking at uh, Sunday nights for the prior six weeks to understand what are the anomalies, what looks weird, what happens that's strange from time to time. And these strange things happen all the time, it seems. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of weird stuff that happens. Now, th what you have to understand is, so yes, I did use it. All the stuff you see on Flight Radar, Flight Aware, none of that is the bad guys. The bad guys never turn their transponders on ever, and they are never seen on flight radar. Everything that's on flight radar can be accounted for or is like an anomaly. It's like an, a reflection. There's a Southwest Airlines thing that comes in and goes, whatever. That happens from time to time. You see that when you watch enough of the flight radar stuff. Okay. So you see those anomalies. The bad guys are where they're not supposed to be going the wrong way and they're not on flight radar they never appear okay. so all that masking come that that didn't really happen okay okay uh and then salty zero says with all the investigations think of a spiral start from the inside closest associates and work your way out if no leads are found an outside influence is likely uh, now, this actually kind of brings me to the question you had mentioned before, you know, uh, just that all of these internal players really not relevant at the end of the day, kind of a whole bunch of distractions. But wasn't there some strange things about Stephen Paddock's like his family? I mean, like his brother, uh, not long after he, his death was like arrested for child porn. And then I think that he was just like let off. His other brother kind of acted strangely on television, you know, and who's to say how people deal with grief. I know that everybody's different, but, um, you know, and, and then, of course, Stephen Paddock's home being broken into uh, before the police or the FBI could come in and search. Um, you know, is that all just uh, in service of the cover up itself or, or was there nothing remarkable about Stephen Paddock? Yeah, I don't believe any of the nonsense about his family. I don't okay. believe those are his brothers. Um, mm. uh, 
Yeah, I think one of the brothers you saw on television, I think that's a crisis actor. Okay. I think he also has been seen, that is the same crisis actor that was filmed outside the Oklahoma bombing. Okay. I see the same Like the guy. Oklahoma City is, bombing? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. You'll you'll see that the guy who looks like Stephen Paddock's brother, or the Stephen Paddock brother character, yeah. appears to also be on camera after the Oklahoma City bombing. And uh, we've got that footage somewhere. I was going to um, ask if can I pull that up on your channel? I would definitely like to see. I've got it, it somewhere. I never published it. Um okay. but somebody pointed it out to me and I was like, "Wow, that is pretty creepy." Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things like I usually I don't go for that type of stuff, but when I saw it, I was like pretty stunned by it. I was like, "That kind of really does look like the same guy." And then it turns out that one of these suspected GEC contractors is the handler to get to Stephen Paddock's brother. In other words, one of the guys who's always deriding my work yeah. is the hand. Like, that's how you have to get in touch with Stephen Paddock's brother? Why Interesting. Yeah, I'm not the handler for anybody. So if you yeah. want to get in touch with anybody, it's not me. You don't go through me to get to anybody. So hmm. why would you have to go through this guy to get to him? Sounds like GEC to me. That's crazy. Okay. Um, you guys, we are going to be opening up the phones here in a moment. I see that Bruce Banner is already on the line. Let me just say that the second portion of the show is brought to you by my friends at Oneness Drops. The website is onenessdrops.com. You can purchase your chlorine dioxide water purification kits there and use code RP78 to receive 15% off. They sell it in a number of different sizes in a number of different formulations. Uh, you can get, uh, there's actually a couple different ways you can make chlorine dioxide safely. Uh, they make it with hydrochloric acid or you can make it with citric acid. Uh, and for Everyone at the Washington Post and the Daily Beast and Media Matters, you must learn just a little bit about chemistry so that you understand the difference between chlorine dioxide and bleach because they're two totally different things. But thank you very much to them. Once again, that's onenessdrops.com, water purification kits, use code RP78, save 15%. And we're going to go ahead and bring Bruce Banner in. Mods, I see they are already dropping the uh, links to the, uh, the the Zoom call. We've got the call information on screen. You can dial 646-931-3860 and then use meeting ID 894 894- Seven nine nine, excuse me, seven eight nine six four eight zero seven, and passcode two four five seven zero zero. And just remember, if you're using the app, it's going to put you on camera. So if you don't want to do that, then make sure that you're not specifically using your camera. Let's go ahead and bring Bruce in. And I just want to say thank you one more time, John, for being here. I'm having a great time uh, picking your brain on this stuff and uh, really appreciate the work you've done. And I want to make sure we get into some uh, some modern stuff that you're working on still. And I see that you have, uh, you know, even very recently continued to do reports on what happened there in Vegas. So I'd love to know if you've what you've learned in the last couple of years since I was keeping up with your work. Bruce, you are on the air. It's so good to hear from you, buddy. Hey, nice to talk to you, Zach. It's been a while. Absolutely. Yeah, so what's on your mind? What do you think? Oh, what a great show. Fantastic work, John. That's uh, You really dug into this one. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Um, I just want to be clear. Uh, I want to make sure I understood your what you were I think I understood you to say that it appears in your opinion, perhaps, that the Las Vegas... Uh, incident was actually an assassination attempt on MBS being disguised as a mass shooting. Do I have that right? 
the disguised as the mass shooting part, that's on us. That's on Lombardo and the FBI. The guys okay. who did it, the guys who did it, didn't care. Okay, words, so the FBI was covering for the Saudis. Yeah, so the Saudis don't care. The Saudis don't need a patsy. They don't care. Okay, I'm glad right? I asked. They're, they're, right, they're coming in. They're doing what they got to do, and they're coming out. They're, they're not really that concerned with the patsy perspective, right? The patsy scenario is fascinating because, you, in other words, imagine you're Levi Hancock, Okay. You just blew the doors open to the suite and you realize the guy you shot has been dead for hours. Yep. Okay. You just shot a guy who was dead. Now I've got a, 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 you know, a, a thought on why that might be and why would he shoot a dead guy? But Levi well, Hancock and the guys come into the suite and the window's not broken. And there's not a thousand rounds of, of uh, brass on the floor. Mm-hmm. The window's not broken. There's not a thousand mm-hmm. rounds of brass. There's a dead guy on the floor. So that's odd, right? And there's a hell of a lot of weapons and ammo in the room. But if the window isn't broken, the gunfire couldn't have come from the room. That's right. Now, Why do when you they suppose... go into... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Continue. All right, so they go in the other room, so they then blow the door to the other room, and one of the guys fires his weapon in a three-round burst mode, okay? And that, that guy was on 60 minutes. So he's got his rifle on three-round burst. They blow the door, and he fires his weapon into that little room, 32-134, the adjoining room. But as they go into that room, there's only three brass rounds on the floor, only three brass casings. So they're like, well, the, you know, this, this this couldn't have all happened from here. So if you're Levi Hancock and you're standing there with a dead guy, a bunch of guns, but the window's not broken, you realize you just got set up, mm-hmm. right? Um, but from the Saudis, but from the Saudis' perspective, it's not a setup. From if you're one of the, so now you and I are two of the commandos. We're the killers. We, you and I just killed Paddock. Okay. I want you to go grab as much ammo as you can. I'm going to grab as many rifles as I can. And then we're going to head up the stairs to go shoot MBS and his family. It's only three flights up. All right. Grab the ammo. I'll grab some rifles and then we're going. Paddock is dead. We don't really care about the, the story and, and with, who's the patsy. We're here to get guns, get ammo, and get upstairs and kill somebody. I don't care about the press. It's the, the operation. It does, whatever happens after right. that. As exactly. Long as I'm a, it, I'm a yeah. commando. I'm here to yeah. kill somebody. So the, I don't care what the st- backstory, you know, the press is going to say. I don't care about patsies. And, right. You know. So, so the help. So the helicopters, that, I mean, that was just a distraction from the main objective, which was to assassinate MBS and his family. No, 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 I think that, I think that, no, I think that it was a backup plan um, is to, in other words, the guys who planned this are the former GIP leadership. It's the former heads yeah. of the CIA in Saudi Arabia. So they know what these exfiltration protocols are. Okay. 
meaning at what point do we evacuate MBS, his wife and his kids from a Shura dinner? Like they're in the midst of this, you know, religious family meal thing with guests. What is it going to take to get his security team to evacuate them out of the building? How do you make that happen? Well, blow up the the fuel tank. If you can blow that fuel tank with a zirconium tipped 50 caliber round from Barrett. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, now we're talking Michael Bay right now. We got a Michael Bay movie. We got blowing up fuel tanks at the airport. I mean, you know, we just need Bruce Willis on the tank top and we're ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I mean, these guys, that's what they're going for. They're going for blow the fuel tank with incendiary 50 caliber rounds. They're out of their minds. But the fuel tank doesn't blow. So what do you do now? Well, now you need a disaster out the window. You need bedlam. So you start shooting girls in the head. Yeah. And of course, and you know, got your, the, the now you people, got your bedlam. And of course, people of like this level of sophistication when it comes to this stuff, you know, they've got contingency plans for the contingency plans. You know, they, it, well, it's, it's all set up in advance. But why? Why did they want him to evacuate? They want the motorcade. Mm-hmm. The helicopters have a huge advantage over his motorcade. Certainly. That's what they were playing for. Okay. They want him to run in the motorcade. And they got five, six, eight helicopters. They're ready to go. Uh, dog walking guy says he, he saw 13 or some 14 helicopters coming back. There, there were at least three commando helicopters. I think there might have been five or six. So if there's that many helicopters with commandos in them ready to kill the guy, what they're trying to do is get his motorcade to leave the building and then fire on the motorcade. That's what the helicopters okay. are for. Makes sense. That's what they're for. Yeah. Something occurred to me uh, just like literally yesterday or the day before that I hadn't thought of before. And uh, Zach, you're probably familiar with this, but uh, John, you probably are as well. Remember Trump's world tour in 2017 where he got oh, yeah. the the sword dance in Saudi Arabia? Yes, sure. absolutely. I, I always thought that Trump's special relationship with the Saudis kind of stemmed from this event. And then, of course, um, you know, the uh, uh, the eventual cleanup afterwards. Yeah, well, I was I looked at the timelines on that. So that was May of 2017 when mm-hmm. Trump went to Saudi Arabia and had the highest honors given to him. And uh, and then MBS or, or whoever, not MBS, but. I mean, I don't know the details like you do, John, but I'm, I'm glad I listened because I need to need to actually go to look up your videos and learn more. But then you, we see the Las Vegas attack six months later, and then a month after right. that, of course, the purge in Saudi Arabia. But I, one thing that I hadn't thought of before is what was Trump's role in all of that? What was Trump's role? And I have no way of knowing, I don't know if you know, but of, of getting MBS to be moved into position as king rather than these other old guard guys. And then how did Trump's energy policy factor into that as well? Because when Trump, uh, oil was around 60, between 60 and 70 when Trump first got inaugurated. And then towards the end of Trump's presidency, it was as low as 20, just it hit 20, I think, briefly. And obviously that's got to play a huge toll on a country like Saudi Arabia, whose primary income is oil. They're still making money, but they're making about two thirds less. 
And then now we have uh, another factor that's huge and looming on the horizon, which could be devastating to economies worldwide, is the potential decoupling of the dollar from the U.S. trade in Saudi Arabia. So I'm, I'm looking at all that now and thinking, I don't think any of this stuff is disconnected. I think it's all related. So anyway, go ahead, John, and, and tell me what you think. I wish I knew more about political science. I, I kind of got thrust into it because of this and didn't know that much about things like the petrodollar. Um, but I agree with you that it's at risk. And, uh, you know, we're, they're already talking about Russia, China, and Saudi Arabia doing business in, you know, in their native currencies and no yeah. petrodollar. And that's, that's going to be a huge problem for the U.S. So uh, I, I don't know that much about what Trump was doing as it pertains to the Saudis, other than when he went there in May, he went there with the 28 pages unredacted version. And the 28 pages unredacted version have got all the Saudis that were tied to September 11th. He says to King Salman, who are these guys? Who's this guy? Who's this guy? Who's this guy? Who's this guy? And he says, well, those are the same guys that want to kill my son. Those guys. Mm -hmm. Those are the same guys that want my son dead. So as far as I'm concerned, I think what happened was Trump went there with Jared and Ivanka. And Salman was there with MBS and Khalid. And King Salman said, I trust two people, this guy and this guy. Mm -hmm. And Donald Trump said, and I trust two people, her and him. And that was it. The beginning of a beautiful and, friendship. And so I think MBS and Jared became very close. We know MBS gave him $2 billion for his, uh, his hedge fund. There was uh, what I was thinking was it's interesting that these Saudis, instead of trying to assassinate MBS in Saudi Arabia, they waited till he came to America. It's almost as if there was a message in there for Trump and the Trump family as well. I, I think so. I don't well, think so. If Jared was there with them and they had the ability to kill Jared and MBS, that would have been a big coup for them. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that there's another play here, which is they, they didn't feel that he was worthy of dying in Saudi Arabia. Mm. In other words, he should be killed in the land of the heathen. Mm -hmm. And what better place than Las Vegas for him to die? Message deserve. Which yeah, he doesn't deserve message in the to message. die. Yeah, yeah, amazing he stuff. Deserve to die in the land of Mecca. Sort of like let when it, Obama let... Obama threw uh, Bin Laden off the helicopter. It was symbolic. Yeah, so I think there's something to that. I really do. Wow, well, I think right. there's a lot of symbolism with these guys. I think oh, you I know, the eye for eye for an eye with Mansoor bin Mukran, uh, an eye for an eye. The fact that uh, Jamal Khashoggi is killed on on the one year anniversary mm -hmm. to the hour. To the hour, Ooh. 8 a.m. in Turkey is 10 p.m. in Las Vegas. Unbelievable. All right, listen, Bruce, I, I appreciate your call, buddy. We got to get to some of these other ones. We have a stacked deck tonight. So. Not a problem. Thanks so All much, right. Zach. Nice to talk to you, John. Great show, guys. Pleasure. Thanks Thank for calling. You, sir. We'll see You're you. Bye-bye. All right, I think this is DJ next. DJ, is that you? <laughs> Yeah, that's me, Zach. How are you? I'm good, brother. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Um, uh, what is it, John? John? Hi, hi, John. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? 
Okay, I'm good. So I, I missed the, the your introduction. So can you please tell me where you came from and what you do? Uh, I was living overseas uh, doing photography. And uh, it, my background had very little to do with the research into Las Vegas, to tell you the truth. You know, I was just doing photography overseas and just happened to be the guy watching and happened to be the guy that sees the, the little white dots where they're not supposed to be and figured out how to use flight radar and figured out that those white dots are uh, bad guys. So the background really is irrelevant. And that's kind of why I stayed incognito. In fact, I didn't even appear on camera for years, like two years. Yeah. Uh, I didn't appear on camera. So uh, to me, the background and all that just brings on ad hominem attacks. And from my perspective, it was the evidence that was most important. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in your background. Uh, I worked at Oracle Corporation. Uh, where I was one of the key guys that built the mapping system that Johns Hopkins used to map the pandemic. Okay. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because you, you did, you did uh, uh, quite a bit of work on covering the pandemic as well, or the pandemic as it were, perhaps Uh, we haven't even gotten into that yet, but um but yeah, DJ, uh, so, you know, when it comes to the Vegas shooting, uh, do you have any specific questions for John about his investigation or about any of the things that he brought up? Well, I have some questions. Okay. Um, some of the things you're bringing up, it, it sounds like, it sounds to me like, I don't know, what somebody on an assassination team would, would talk about. Somebody on, oh. a, on a dark team so, would talk about and the, the way you talk about it. So that's why I'm, I'm asking what your background is. And you're telling me you're a reporter, but I mean, not a reporter or a photographer. I, I don't think a photographer would have that type of mindset to connect dots the way you're connecting them. That's why I'm asking you about your background. Okay, so what what kind of background should I have that would lead you to be comfortable that, oh, yeah, you know. Well, it's not to lead me to be comfortable. What kind of background would would you have that would um, not My background's in root cause analysis. So my background is in root cause analysis. So 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 basically i you know i started watching and i I watch the show every day zach knows that Uh, i love zach and i love all the guests he has on but as far as i'm a little skeptical about you which is why i'm asking these questions and i don't want to be skeptical i want to know that i'm having i'm getting good information so um so Again, here's what I recommend. So here's what I recommend. So so let, let me help you with this. Your skepticism is healthy and it's good and it's the right way you should approach it. Forget me and look at the content. Look at the videos that I published because for two years, people didn't know if I was real. People didn't know if I was a person. I didn't appear. Nobody heard my voice. I don't speak on the videos. I present evidence. And that's why I'm irrelevant. I don't matter. My background doesn't matter because I only present evidence. When you ask me to speculate, 
I'll speculate. But what I've presented at my channel, and the reason I have millions of views on these videos, is because I present just evidence, and I rarely editorialize on that evidence. So what I suggest you do is forget who I am. Assume I'm everybody you think I am. Assume that's who I am. And just look at the content. Just look at the content and listen to the eyewitnesses. So when you hear somebody like Clarissa tell you they're shooting at us from the helicopters, what difference does it make who I am? Why does that, why does that matter? I wasn't there. Clarissa was there. Okay, but in my mind, who you are makes all the difference in the world. Why? I mean, you have seen there are people who present one way, but actually are, are the opposite of what they present, right? right? Yeah. yeah. So this does happen. Well, I, th- right? I, yeah. I think I understand what you're saying. D. I mean, you, you're trying to ascertain, you know, whether or not John is some type of a, a deep cover agent that's been uh, inserted into the situation to deliver bad information. But I can tell you from my evaluation of his research, one of the reasons that it resonated with me so well is for the same reason that he just presented a moment ago. You know, for a very long time, it wasn't about him. He wasn't making videos or putting out uh, uh, content trying to gain subscribers. It wasn't this cult of personality that we often see in uh, people who I believe are inserted into the truth and freedom movement. Um, and it really was just about the pure distillation uh, of of what truly happened on that night in Las Vegas. And uh, and believe me, I, I wouldn't have invited John here if I thought he was some sort of CIA assassin who, who might be uh, uh, giving us well, bad info. Well, well, I mean, you know, a, a couple of things he said struck me a little odd, you know, um, you know, like he, he said something about Gina, Gina Haskell saving his life. I, I I really don't understand what that means because most of us here in this group do not like Gina Haskell at all. Well, at all. Let, let's so, you right. know, Gina, Has- Gina so Haskell that- was presented as, you know, I mean, obviously she was a Trump appointee. Um, you know, I am immediately skeptical of anybody, yeah. you know, at the CIA, you know, but I mean, I, I think it was uh, he was more saying that. You know, if anybody would have put out the hit on him, it, it would have come from the top because she was running that that Thailand, uh, you know, uh, uh, field Correct. office or whatever it's called. Right. And I don't right. know that it's Gina. I don't know that it's her. Um, she's a placeholder for whoever it is that said, don't kill the guy. Right. So I'm not dead yet. Right. I Should I be dead? Should I be dead? Well, let's take a look. Let's take a look. How suppressed is my work? Who else has reported what I've reported? Has anybody I, reported I, that this is an aerial attack? I and, have not heard. And then ask you, oh, hang on, hang on, Tiger. Who would I be working for? Who would want this narrative out there? Iran? Is that who I'm working? I'm working for Iran? That's, that's your theory? No, you got to think this theory. through, Tiger. You got to think it through. I didn't give you a theory of 
Ooh, no, obviously, obviously you haven't. No, obviously you haven't. Do we have another caller that's got yeah, some better listen, questions? Listen, DJ, we've we've got thirty wow. minutes left, buddy, and we've got eight people on the line still, so we got to bounce on to the next yeah. one. But I, I'm sure I I'm sure you. we'll find some better questions. Thanks, DJ. I appreciate you, brother. We'll talk to you. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we'll find better questions. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah, next next details. caller, you're on the air. Can we get your name? And hey, Zach. Off. Hey, John. It's Casey from Detroit. Hey, Casey. Welcome hey, Casey. to the program, buddy. Listen, I, I don't mean to hey. be rude, but we've got eight people on the line, so I want to make sure that we get to everyone. So uh, what is your question for John? Okay. Well, first I wanted to say, John and Jason, I love your work. And Zach, I'm glad you had him on. Uh, but I, I, I want to be politically pragmatic to say with the whole Vegas shooting uh, and removing emotion, it looks like those people died to get the Abraham Accord uh, put in place. Uh, so whether you want you know, to, to look at it as anything other than that, I think John needs to further explain the Southern, Southern Vegas distraction and how MBS and the Kushners were extracted, so they, how they weren't eliminated. But I, I had a question on his COVID tracking and stuff. If you could answer that real quick, and if you could get back to me on the on the COVID question, I'd appreciate it. All right. So, uh, what's question number one? Uh, as my statement that the Abraham Accords were brought about by the Vegas shooting, is that a fair a representation? I've no, I've never connected those dots at, at all. So I don't know. I. I, I draw well, a blank Kushner on that. negotiated the Abraham Accords. Right. The peace agreement. And we wouldn't have yeah. had that without the biggest shooting. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, Kushner's new closeness with MBS helped that. I don't know enough about those accords to be able to comment on it intelligently, to tell you the truth. I'm so myopically focused on the event and not the political science surrounding it. So, honestly, I can't comment on that question. Your other question about the oh. pandemic, maybe I can help you with that. Okay, well, it, I, you didn't explain how MBS and the Kushners were extracted from the assassination attempt, and did that have a lot to do with the downtown Vegas distraction? Was MBS in a casino? I, I've heard all the stories. Uh, I just want to know how he was yeah. able to stay alive with the Kushners. Okay. So we don't know that Jared was there. That's my speculation based on the arrival of a Citation C-550 private aircraft that arrives at 10 o'clock on the money. goes wheels down at 10 o'clock, taxis over to Signature Flight Services. That's when the shooting begins, is when the C-550 Citation arrives at Signature Flight Services, which is owned by Bill Gates, by the way. I believe Jared Kushner and Khalid bin Salman may have been in that C-550. Khalid bin Salman is MBS's brother. They're arriving at 10 p.m. The flight came in from Sacramento. From Sacramento to Las Vegas, it was disguised as a medevac. Nobody's getting a kidney transplant at midnight on a Sunday. Okay. All right. So that, so that explains that. I just thought there was a lot of distraction. Right, how do they get the out? All right. So hang on. So how did they get extracted? There is an exit from the Mandalay Bay Convention Center that is right near Maverick Helicopters. Maverick Helicopters takes off at 10.13 p.m. 
during the shooting. The shooting is still taking place, and Maverick starts to depart with a sortie of at least seven helicopters. That's what we see on flight radar. But the dog-walking guy counted them because he, he knew something was wrong. So I interview a guy, an eyewitness, who says, no, there were 14 helicopters returned to Maverick, but three went that way, went the other way. There were a number of helicopters from Maverick that break off from the group and head south. And as they do it, they turn their transponders off. Those were the helicopters where MBS was aboard, MBS and his family. And if Jared was part of the thing, then Jared would have been part of that. So okay. Maverick I, Maverick helicopters saved MBS's life. Excellent. So they were able to extricate themselves. So I, that, that part of the picture had never really fully been explained. Uh, my question on COVID-19 um, and your tracking of it, which I thought was excellent, but I also thought you got psyoped with Laura Ingram and trying to get that out to Fox. Uh, I think a lot of the tracking has to do with the deaths that you've exposed. And I just think it's a, a big power play with China and the United States, Western civilizations that huddle their old into institutions. And it just helped to eliminate them as well as the pensioners in China getting rid of old people, whether it's a bioweapon or whatever, that's what they had to do. They had to justify uh, Barack Obama's um, uh, Obamacare payments in the future. So getting rid of old sick people is the best way to do it. And I just think the uncivilized world, if you will, uh, never puts their old people into uh, you know concentration camps of the old. So that was the power play there. And I love your tracking on it. Thank you. I, I think that there's what we call ulterior motives and there's primary motives. And I think with the with the pandemic, there were a number of ulterior motives uh, that the amount of money that was made off of these inoculations is one of the ulterior motives that a lot of people think is a primary motive. People think that was the reason for the pandemic was the, the vaccines. And I don't believe that was the case. I think that the true primary motive for this pandemic was something that Hillary Clinton said on March 18th. So on March 18th of 2020, Hillary Clinton said, I think we need to vote by mail. The thing that's weird is on March 18th of 2020, when Hillary said that, there weren't 200 people dead from COVID in the United States. At 85. I beg your pardon? 85. There were like 85 deaths. Uh, a little bit more. The day she said it was 160 something. It was a little less than 200. And she she's in <clears throat> Breitbart covers the story and she's calling for vote by mail. And there's not 200 people dead. Aren't you jumping the gun, honey? Shouldn't you wait till there's 20, 30,000 dead? You got 160 people dead and you want to vote by mail? Yeah, I think you're it right. Seems, it, I think we're jumping the gun here, Toots. I think you needed to wait till there were twenty, twenty-five thousand dead. Then you call for vote by not with a hundred and sixty people dead. I think that was that was the primary motive. Then something remarkable happened on March eleventh, and everything changed. Everything changed March March eleventh, <clears throat> and that became evident on March thirteenth. 
when we declared a national emergency in all 50 states, and there weren't 100 people dead. Crazy. So we put all the airplanes away. Yeah, that's a good idea. Put all the airplanes away. All right, Casey, I want to thank you for your call, buddy, and uh, thanks for uh, joining us tonight. Thank you, Zach and John, and uh, hopefully John's friends at Oracle can help us out of this mess. Indeed. Right on. Have a good one. We'll Go see you. Larry. Okay. Uh, next caller, you're on the air. Can we get your name? Yes, it's Aaron Moriarty. Aaron, welcome to the program, buddy. How you doing? Well, if I was doing any better, I'd be you. And hello, John. It's great to hear uh, someone who knows so much about this. If there's been such a lack of information about this, I'm so happy to hear this. And, and thank you for doing all this work. Um, now, there's that vid, well, there's a video of Trump walking. It's like a dinner or something. He's walking behind MBS and he taps him on one shoulder while he's walking past him like a joke. Very funny. So there's a very good closeness with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I've heard all that, too. And I do remember seeing the helicopters and uh, hearing that testimony. Yeah, it was coming from the helicopters. And that totally made sense to me. I also saw someone did some sound. Uh, analysis of what type of a gun it was and it was some Mm -hmm. really uh high caliber type of a weapon supposedly yeah Um, i did some sound analysis to determine the radius so uh i did acoustic analysis to figure out how long it was from what in in shooting it's called crack thump So you hear the bullet, it's supersonic. As it passes you, it makes a crack. And then a second or so later, you hear the rapport from the actual gun going off. So when you fire a weapon, the weapon itself makes noise, right? It goes boom, right? And that's a noise. But if the bullet is traveling faster than the speed of sound, it's broken the sound barrier. And when it passes you, it makes a crack type of sound. Mm. So what I did was using the sounds that were recorded by the people in the venue, I timed the crack thump using a spectral analysis software and could, you know, get down to fractions of a second and could calculate, well, how far is it? If that's the if that's the lag from the crack to the thump, how many yards away is that? And was able to calculate how far the shooter was from the venue just using wow. the sound that had been recorded on people's phones and you can see that uh in one of the videos on the johnny hoover channel in fact there's two or three of them uh, called first shots uh, is in the title but as zach was pointing out searching for my videos even in youtube is challenging yes, uh, yes it is. even if you put the exact title they don't always come up so that's uh again another indication that somebody doesn't really want you to see all this stuff but you guys can search, if you go to the Johnny Hoover channel, you can search for terms like Maverick. So if you want to see the videos where I talk about Maverick helicopters and what role did Maverick play, you just go to the Johnny Hoover channel and search for Maverick, and you'll find videos that talk about Maverick. If you want to find videos at the Johnny Hoover channel about the coronavirus thing, and you want to see, for example, statistics about your state, let's say you live in Virginia. You could go there and search for Virginia, and you'll see that I've done a couple videos 
about children, how many pediatric deaths were there in Virginia, how many people died in Virginia versus Vietnam, things like that. So I did a series called the, the COVID Showdown, where I compared states in America to large countries to see who had more dead. That's kind of my sick sense of humor. So my COVID Showdown series. So you guys can see that at the Johnny Hoover channel. All right. Aaron, anything further for uh, for John? Uh, yes. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but someone who was in some of the one of these secret programs learned many years ago that the U.S. government has been providing women, young women, to Saudi Arabia as slaves for decades. It's a, a, a government agreement. And I think um, uh, Salman stopped that. And I think that's one of the things that Trump brought to light and said, hey, this is going to stop. For, you know, you guys can go into tourism. The other question is, how did Trump know about the assassination, which makes you wonder how he knew about a lot of things, which I think might be, he might have uh, quantum access. You say, how did he know about the assassination? What do you mean? When, how did he know when? How did he know that it was being planned? You know, I don't know. Who said he, who said he knew it was being planned? I don't think he knew it was being planned. I don't think oh, Trump, okay. Trump, I, Trump didn't. Yeah. So if, if that's, if I gave you guys that impression, that's, that's not my intention. <clears throat> I don't think you know, Trump I, knew that MBS was being assassinated. I think he found oh. out that night because the state department protects uh, visiting heads of state. So mm -hmm. yeah, uh, they would have let him know department. Yeah. Yeah. The state yeah. department's going to let them know. We just had an assassination attempt on our, well, on our VIP. Yeah. Okay. And and of course, you know, Jared Kushner being present, they would have had uh, probably exactly. Secret Service detail and everything. So, and that's why that's why Trump became close with Lombardo, because Lombardo helped yeah. cover it, it up it, so that they yeah. could catch these guys. All right, and Aaron, Aaron, Kushner, Aaron, we got we got to yeah. go to the next caller, buddy. I really appreciate you, <laughs> but uh, thank you very thank much for you your call. Buddy. All right, I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye bye, bye bye. All right, we've got Trisha coming in next. And let's see. Uh, well, it looks like Trisha is uh, is joining us here momentarily. We're just waiting for that. Um, John, what about the reports of uh, of of other shooters on that night, like on the ground in uh, in other hotels? Do you, do you think that that yeah. was an aspect of just kind of creating mass confusion, or or do you think there were other things happening? So I do believe that there are other shooters on the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a there was a report uh, on Alex Jones's show where Shepard Ambellis was appearing as a guest. I think it was uh, October twenty eighth or 29th of two thousand seventeen, and a guy calls in named Zach, mm -hmm. and he says he's with um, he kind of works at JSOC, and he was saying that ETS was on the ground in Vegas. And ETS is like a Saudi Blackwater. Mm -hmm. So it's a private uh, military contractor in Saudi Arabia. And he said ETS is in Vegas. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, oh, my God. MBS was in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Now, there's footage of a guy walking through the Tropicana. That's not MBS. That's a guy named Jason Buff. Yeah. He works at the Tropicana in the security department, and he's carrying his pistol 
mm-hmm. in its case. You can see he's got his pistol in its case. <clears throat> he's coming back from a softball game. That's why he's wearing red sneakers. Mm-hmm. That's not MBS. It's a guy named Jason Buff, and MBS wouldn't be caught dead in the Tropicana. And I, and, I didn't think and, you would be caught I'm, dead I'm in that not outfit ashamed. either. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not ashamed to say that. Yeah, MBS wouldn't be caught dead in the Tropicana. All right. We, we've got Trisha on the line. Trisha, how are you tonight? I'm great. Thanks, Zach. Excellent. I just want to say this is one of the most fascinating programs you've ever done. And I'm sorry, it's the first time I've heard of you, John, but I will be checking out your channel. And I just want to say I feel like the first time I watched Pelican Brief, I had to watch that movie over and over again. And um, this is one of those shows that I'll be listening to again and again. So I just wanted to say that. And I'm sorry, I'm out of breath right now. But okay. um, okay. I know. it's 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 an unbelievable cover up <laughs> and the scale of it. And the fact that the government, in particular Comey and Christopher Ray, think that it's okay to lie to you, to me, to Zach, to our families, and tell the, the uh, you know, imagine the, the people who've got kids that got killed at this thing, right? And they're yeah. telling them that Stephen Paddock shot their kid. Stephen Paddock did not shoot their kid. But I can tell you who funded it, and I can tell you that the guys who funded it are all billionaires with yachts. Mm -hmm. Mm. And so the secret here is not to sue Saudi Arabia, because Saudi Arabia didn't try and kill MBS. The secret is to sue the people who did it. Well, Jamal Khashoggi, we can't sue him. He's in pieces. He's gone. Mansoor bin Mukran, he's dead. But there's a whole bunch of guys that we know who were behind this that can be prosecuted. And the fact that the FBI covers this up is what makes me. Well, it's one of the reasons why I'm incognito. I mean, I am absolutely flying in the face of the FBI. And I am showing the world that which they do not want shown. Well, God bless you. Really. I need well, it. thank you. And I'll let you get to your next caller. I God bless you, you, John. Really. I'm praying for you. All right. Appreciate you, Trisha. Thank you so much. Have a great night. You too. Yeah. Bye bye. Um, so, uh, in addition to all those people who lost their lives that night, there were what? Something like eight witnesses in the days and weeks after that also mysteriously lost their lives. Um, what do you think that is due to? Who would be responsible for that? And I realize I'm asking you to to speculate here, but you may have learned things that I'm not aware of. So I believe that the the publication of that is part of the cover up. All right. So first of all, it's important to understand statistics, and most people don't. All right. So there's something called the birthday paradox. Let's talk about the birthday paradox. How many people have to be in a room with you for there to be a 50% chance that two of the people in the room have the same birthday? 100? All right, so there's 365 days in a year. Yeah. And we want to have a 50% chance or better that two of the people in the room have the same birthday. How many people do we need? 
Do the math. 23. 23. Okay. 23. All right. So now people are like, 23. How the hell is it only 23? Should be like half of 365. No. So the way statistics works, it's not always intuitively obvious. Right? So it's like rolling the dice. If you roll the dice once and the odds of you getting a seven and the odds of you getting a seven again and then rolling the dice and getting a seven a third time, right? And how those odds and probabilities start to work. So the statistics and the probability that somebody out of 20,000, 22,000 attendees will die in the next 30 days. It's pretty good. It's, it, it, it's, it's significant, meaning it's not, it's not something that would surprise me. In fact, I think, <clears throat> I think Louis C.K. did it as a bit where he's performing like in the Palladium in New York or something. It's like 4,500 people at uh, Carnegie Hall, 4,500, 5,000 people in the audience. He's like, look to your left, look to your right. In a year, what, what, somebody's going to be dead. <clears throat> and he does this as a bit and ba- you know, basically saying, you know, some of you aren't going to make it through the year. And that's what happens. Now, who's publicizing that? Who's making it seem like if you speak out, you're going to die? <laughs> that's the GEC. Okay. Right, because I'm not making videos saying if you're an eyewitness and you speak out, you're going to die. I didn't make a video showing all the dead eyewitnesses because to me, that's just people die. One had a car crash. One woman had epilepsy. Da, 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 you know. Were they running around killing eyewitnesses? No. Clarissa's not dead. Right? The woman that I met last October, she's not dead. Mm-hmm. So they're not running around killing eyewitnesses. But somebody wants you to think they are. Why would they want to do that? So you shut up. And yes. you don't say anything because you're afraid you're going to get killed. Yeah. But they're not. Yeah, nobody's, nobody's out there killing eyewitnesses. That doesn't really happen. That's just in the movies. So okay. that's my All take right. on that. All right. Next caller. Caller, you're on the air. Can well, we get your name? Do that. So you shut up. Yeah. Caller, caller, caller. Can you mute the stream? Nobody's out there. Yes. Caller. Let me yes. Ju- yes, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Ma- make sure you Tamar. mute the stream. My make name sure- is Kama. Kama, welcome I to the program. Kama, <laughs> yes. Yes. And what's your um, question? You know, I sent you a uh, um, email recently about a video that Richard Citizen Journalist made about this shooting. And I wonder if your guest has any familiarity with that, about the crisis actors who are pretending to be shot and pretending to be wounded. And that some of the people, um, they were, they turned up on TV shows later, some of these people that were interviewed and that the people in the hospital lobby were showing how it was very calm in the lobby after the shooting. It wasn't like people were being rushed in that were shot. And I, I'm just putting out those are some of the things that were in this video. I wonder if your guest knows anything about that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think that there's some strange people that think that this wasn't real. Yeah, you need to turn your speaker down. Um, mm-hmm. You know, wear, wear headphones. So there's some people who think it wasn't real. I don't understand that. I made some videos. If you search on my channel for the term hoax, H O A X. I did a video that says, why do so many people think the Las Vegas shooting at Route 91 was a hoax? And it addresses this. And so if you think that these people weren't shot, if you think that those aren't stitches up and down their torso, and that those are crisis actors, well then, 
that's your prerogative to believe that. I think these people were shot. I think that 59 people were killed that night and Stephen Paddock. And then a couple people died of their injuries afterwards. So not just the people that died that night, 413 people were shot and wounded, but mm -hmm. didn't die. So 413 people were shot. Actually, now it's 411 were wounded because two of them died. Um, so, yeah, people who are saying that these are all crisis actors and it didn't happen, uh, to me, those people, you know, they're kind of retarded. So what can I say? I, I know that any time there is a mass casualty event, there's always, uh, a, you know, people who will believe that it didn't really happen or that there is some staged aspect to it. But, um, you know, I think that this is actually one of the uh, tools that the deep state or the cabal, whatever you say, uh, that they have to play in, in a situation like this, because it's very easy to, uh, you know, kind of inject an aspect of theatrics to it and then point to one thing and then say, well, because of that, everything didn't actually happen. But um, it's yeah. also it's also that this is the misinformation mm -hmm. that YouTube gets to gets to talk about and they'll say oh well there's all these videos saying that it's not real and the bodies are made out of rubber and that this was a, a a hoax event and this was a false flag event and these are crisis actors and that that's what they're trying to police and therefore they lump me and my work into that category mm -hmm. to the caller if you've studied as much of the content as i have if you've watched as much of the body cam footage and the and the footage that people film from within the venue if you've studied it the way I've studied it, I mean, you can't come away and say that this didn't really happen. Mm -hmm. You see women shot in the face with their jaw hanging down in real time. So to, you know, I, I don't see how anybody looks at this and says, no, that wasn't real. To me, that's either somebody who's being paid to say that to create discord or somebody who's really disconnected with reality. All right. So, I, well, thank you so for the call, Cam. I appreciate it. And uh, and I think that also, you know, some of the more graphic stuff, that's just not widely distributed uh, among the general public. Um, yeah. We, we've got... The video uh, on my channel, why do so many people hey. think the Vegas shooting is a hoax? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, check it out. Caller, you're on the air. Can we get your name? Yes. Uh, this is Peter. Peter, welcome to the program. What's your question for John? Um, hey, I'm a, a longtime listener, and I, I I love your show. Um, Thank you. Just wanted to get a little background. Are you a descendant of the Payne family? Me? No, no. It's a pseudonym. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah, no. That would well, be cool, but. <laughs> I, I, was, <laughs> I was just wondering, uh, as uh, an observer right now, you, you literally have, okay, so we talk about the white hats and black hats. Mm -hmm. and you got a black hat all dressed in black uh, do you feel he has credibility yeah I mean I definitely think he has credibility um, you know I, I didn't even think to ask him why he's wearing sunglasses and a hat or he's dressed in black I mean you know um, that that you know that that doesn't mean much to me uh, I mean what we were saying earlier uh, what resonated with me was the evidence and the information that John was putting out, um, you know, and, and even when I was watching his videos, you know, he wasn't a person in front of the camera. So, you know, uh, let me, let me Johnny, explain to you, you know, Johnny Cash wore black and I don't think he was a bad guy. Yeah. 
I uh, love John so, Cash, but yeah, too. Yeah, me too. All right, so your audience deserves to know why am I incognito? Why am I in the hat and the glasses? And and for those of you who aren't familiar with me and my work, you absolutely should you know be asking what the hell is the guy in the getup for? So I am exposing the names of the people who did this. <clears throat> Maiteb bin Abdullah, Muhammad bin Nayef. All right, I name names. These guys ran the Saudi CIA. They are now retired and billionaires. They have the ability to hire killers <clears throat> to have me eradicated. I'd prefer to not be recognized when I'm on the streets. If you haven't seen the story of the Iranian hit team, that was in Brooklyn recently to try and kill a, uh, a journalist. Ooh. If the Iranians can do it, the Saudis can do it. Now, it's not MBS. It's the guys who want him dead, who I keep naming, who I'm telling people to sue. They want me dead. But, Zach, you now, can see the irony <laughs> of your audience interviewing a black hat Sure. I mean, if you want to take it literally, but I just, I don't think I just that it think is I look good in black. I just think I, it's sexier. <laughs> yeah. If I was, if I was in a white shirt and a white hat, I'd look like I'm playing tennis or something. You guys are, well, where's the guy going? A tennis match? Where's he going? To yeah. me, this, this, you know, this looks kind of hip. It's kind of cool. I look better in black. It's thinning. If I were to wear white shirts, it's, yeah, come but on. I, I, I'm, I'm the audience and, and I, you don't like black and you don't like the black <laughs> no, outfit. I, I get yeah, it. Yeah. But, but I, I see there's a possibility. You don't think that's a bias? So you think that the color of my shirt and the color of my hat is really, that's important compared to the body cam footage that I'm presenting from the loss. So your bias is that strong that you can't simply look at the evidence because I did, of my hat I did, color. Uh, because of my hat myself color. myself looking into the, that you did. That was you spent months. You spent months. Thing. I mean, I, I, I've done uh, research into nine eleven. I've done research into that. But we're that not talking about your work, there. right? But we're not talking about your work. We're talking about my okay. work, and we're talking about your bias. Okay. About well, the color of my hat. About the color. So, if I had a white hat, if the hat was white, but it had a black Nike swoosh on it here. And I was wearing a white shirt and mirrored glasses. How would you feel about that? And what if they were wayfarers and not aviators? Then how if would I saw you feel? the actual evidence, I I would. Well, well maybe that's what you should do, Tiger. Is look at the videos before you start tossing rocks around on Zach's show. Watch well, the content, Tiger. Look at my work, and then say. Well, this is interesting. Why is the guy wearing a black hat? He seems like a white hat kind of guy. Maybe he just More thinks he looks lion, good in black. I, I did. I did try to look for the evidence uh, on on your website, but I didn't see it. I well, so there's go to there's, go to YouTube. Go to Johnny Hoover on YouTube, and then search the channel by popularity. So you see the most viewed videos first. Start there. So yeah. where where is the uh, channel? The, this is John E. Hoover channel on YouTube. I actually linked it in the description below. 
And uh, listen, I appreciate the call. We're at the end of the show, and I want to make sure we get to these last couple of callers. So trust me. All right, you know, well, I, I just want to say thanks, Zach. I, okay. I, I watch you on a daily basis. Thank I you. I appreciate you. Thank you, brother. Uh, if, if you verify for this guy, I, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. I think it's well worth checking out. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. All right. Uh, final callers, guys, and then we're going to call it the night. Caller, you're on the air. Can we get your name? Caller, can you turn your wait? Yeah, turn down the stream. Let me know hi, your name. Hi, is that me? Yes, it's you. Yeah, hi, what's Becky? your well, Becky? Oh, welcome. Holy crap! What? I am so happy. Thank you. Hey, I'm glad you're I'm here. A little what, bit laggy. What's your question am, yes. for John? So, Go ahead. John, hi. So, um, I at the time was living in Sonoma County, California. Um, when this happened, I was in Pennsylvania packing up my mom's house. Um, I was watching news nonstop, grieving for these people. I then returned to Sonoma County, California, and we promptly had the Tubbs fire. So, of course, you know, mainstream media turned their attention to that. And, um, you know, we also didn't have um, much Internet or Comcast. So I really don't know what the rest of the nation really saw about the Vegas shooting versus the Tubbs fire. But it seemed to me that everybody in the world was focused on what happened in Sonoma County. But what was interesting to what you said tonight was how the Maverick helicopter flew from good old Gavin country in Sacramento. And I almost wonder if, you know, Gavin had something to do with what was going on. And, you know, not that I'm wearing a tinfoil hat, but, I truly believe in your research. And also, um, you know, Arxis, I, I use Arxis quite a bit for mapping or watching mapping with fires. I now live in, in Colorado. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, Arxis maps everything these days, which I question. Mm -hmm. But thank you for your research. But that's all I had to say. So thank you for what you do. But I really do truly wonder, because of the fact of how Trump never went out to Sonoma County, to look at the devastation in Sonoma County for the Tubbs fire. And he was always, you know, um, you know, they piled on him for that. But, you know, did that have something to do with the fact that the Tubbs fire happened a week, two weeks after what happened in Vegas? Thank you. Thank you, Becky. We'll take this one off the air. Appreciate you. And John, any thoughts on uh, connections there between these two events? No, I was looking at the fires, though, and they were remarkably suspicious. Mm -hmm. uh, I, what they were calling forest fires were in residential neighborhoods where the houses were burning. Yes. And I'm looking at this footage, and I'm like, it sure looks to me like the electric company just put everything up to a million volts and burned all the houses down. I mean, yeah. this doesn't yeah. look like a forest fire. This is the strangest thing I've ever seen. Well, and so, even the trees that were on fire, they appear to be burning from the inside out. It was Sometimes. the it was yeah. so bizarre when you yeah. saw the footage. Again, you have to look at the video to understand what this woman is talking about. If you haven't seen video footage of these fires, it's hard to understand. Well, you know what's so weird about a fire mm -hmm. until you see the the fire engines driving through these communities and the homes are burning and the trees aren't. And it's yeah. like this is the strangest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. So I don't know about the connection again, though. Um, <clears throat> the these connective tissues between events i'm not real good at that kind of stuff mm -hmm. except for one which i'll share with the audience as we were about to wrap up okay um everybody is familiar <clears throat> i believe with during the covid 
uh, pandemic, we started to deploy field hospitals and the field hospitals were put in New York City and Miami and we had some ships, the hope mm. and the mercy and we yep. put the ships here and the ships there. Well, those field hospitals were only deployed for 11 days mm -hmm. and they had nothing to do with COVID. Not what a did... damn thing. What Not were they there for? Thing. They were there <clears throat> because on March the 10th, President Trump was shown something by NORAD. And on March the 28th, their biggest fears came true. And nobody was told about it, but it hasn't happened in 50,000 years, which is kind of weird. March the 28th of 2020, an asteroid became a meteor and crashed in Akure, Nigeria. Okay. March 28th of 2020, Akure, A-K-U-R-E, Nigeria, a meteor hits the earth and makes an impact crater. This hasn't happened in, in significance, anything of this size, in thousands of years. And NORAD is showing Trump about 30 more asteroids heading for Earth April 27th of 2020. The field hospitals were up April 20th, and we put them away May the 1st. They had nothing to do with COVID. They were so for an extinction-level event. Wow. April 27th of 2020, 30 meteors were converging on Earth. So Trump deployed the field hospitals under the guise of COVID so as to not panic everybody. That's why they put the airplanes away. Not for a respiratory infection, because they were afraid they were going to start falling out of the sky because it was going to start raining rocks. Wow. Very so seen the movie? interesting. <laughs> so now you want to talk about conspiracy theories. Yeah. I published that in a video on my channel. And then Netflix comes out with a movie called Don't Look Up. Yeah. Don't Look Up was real. Don't Look Up happened in April of 2020. And the field hospitals and us putting the planes away mm -hmm. had nothing to do with COVID. We, we put the field hospitals away 11 days later. Eleven days later, and we, we still have an EUA, right? We we still are under EUA. So what the hell? We put the field hospitals away after eleven days, right? There were field there were field hospitals in South Africa, there were field hospitals in Serbia. It had nothing to do with COVID. Wow, that's great. We had an extinction level event, April twenty seventh of twenty twenty. It's all over Twitter. If you guys aren't following me on Twitter, you should be. I'm an at. I underscore M underscore John Cullen. And I've posted some of that. And on the Johnny Hoover channel, there's a video that says was don't look up real. Okay. And that's where I published the data from Jet Propulsion Laboratory showing an extinction level of a potential extinction level event, April 27th of 2020. But March 28th, one actually hit. And so that's when this whole thing went into overdrive. Okay, uh, that's that's crazy. That's uh, yeah, first time I'd heard that, but uh, I have no reason to doubt it. I'll definitely check it out. I actually showed a picture of that meteor impact in Akure, Nigeria. 
we've got uh, Salty Zero on the line. Salty, thank you very much for your call. Thank you for those donations tonight, too. What is your question for John? Yeah, no problem. Uh, good evening, Jack. Or Zach. Oh, my God. I'm just no throwing problem. the names up. Zach, John. <laughs> Zach, Zach and John becomes yeah, Jack. there you go. That's cool. That's well, the the chat, chat was getting lit up tonight about the calls, so I figured I'd call mm. in and practice my uh, live call here since I suck at it. Um <laughs> So, um, John, uh, I'm a simple guy. I got a simple question for you. Um, Mm -hmm. This whole thing with the uh, Vegas incident, yes, very tragic. um, But I just get that feeling, and Lonely German beat me to it in the chat. Um, Mm -hmm. It's feeling like the JFK assassination situation. You know, we got the documents for JFK, I guess, that came out a little while ago. You know, we all waited 60 years for all that info and, you know, try to get some confirmation. And, I mean, what do you think? What, are we going to be waiting another 60 years for uh, no, some answers no, for this no. one? No, because I'm not going to live that long. And I'm here to prosecute Lombardo. I want him arrested. And I want him to have his day in court. And I want the same thing for Aaron Rouse. I don't believe it's okay to lie to the American people and forge evidence. I have what's called the prima facie evidence. I have more evidence than anyone on earth that this was a cover-up and that the LVMPD forged evidence. Now, what does that mean? It means they dumped a box of spent shells on the floor, so it looked like there were brass casings in the room. They did that, and they broke the window to 32135 after midnight, which I have on video. Mm-hmm. I need to be in front of a grand jury in Nevada, but the attorney general in Nevada is Aaron Ford, and he's a pussy. <laughs> and I said that. I said that. I said that. Yeah. Okay? So Aaron Ford, I keep reaching out to him on Twitter. <clears throat> I send him tweets on Twitter and say, I have the evidence. I want to prosecute Lombardo. If you don't want to do this, you're going to force me to put him under citizen's arrest? Is that what you want? Because then I've got 48 hours to turn them over. You give me 48 hours with Lombardo, I'm going to get you a, I'm going to get you a confession. So, yeah, no, this is yeah. not going to be JFK. I mean, let me get let me be real clear. I am here to prosecute Lombardo. I am here to prosecute Tony Fauci. I am here to prosecute Andrew Cuomo. I have made citizens arrests before. I don't wear the black hat and the black shirt when I do it. I'm in normal clothes, but I've made citizens arrests before. I've testified in front of the grand jury before, and I got a conviction. Boss. So I'm not afraid of this. I'm not afraid of this process. And I did it in Brooklyn, by the way. All right. Yeah, I so did I put a, a guy. Yeah. I did so I'm not afraid of this. Of, I did a super chat a little bit ago, uh, mentioned about a spiral um, with investigations, and that's dealing with individuals. You know, you start with the closest associates and you move your way out, you know, and if nothing adds up, then it's got to be an outside entity or, or something going on. But I mean, it's, it's the same with uh, physical evidence, too. You know, if you're looking at all that stuff and nothing seems to add up with the physical evidence, which is much more stronger evidence than a witness testimony, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's something if, if if it's not adding up with the physical evidence, then then something's afoot, you know. 
Certainly, certainly. Well, the, yeah, well, and to me, the physical evidence is that the window in 32-135 isn't broken. Yeah, it's a bombshell. So if the window isn't broken, <clears throat> then obviously there's no gunfire coming from there. You can't shoot through an unbroken window. So yeah. if the people weren't killed from there, that's the issue. So that's the hard evidence, is we have video footage, and there's no gunfire coming from there. So that's the hard tangible weapons and then we do have eyewitnesses but it, it's it's the the just the sheer volume of video footage that we have and you see again you see the helicopters so you have to account for those things and no yeah, I, didn't, I didn't even know about that. i didn't even know about the helicopters but oh yeah <clears throat> check check yeah. his channel out there there's so much information on there but listen salty we got to take this final caller so we can jump off the line i've kept john over time so i appreciate your brother thank you very much for your call all right guys have a good night right. our brother we'll see you thank you all right final caller zombie clown zombie clown waiting for your audio to connect and uh we'll go ahead and get in there while we're waiting for his audio to connect let me go and see if there's anything over here on foxhole filter dog one says so many gaps to fill in in this shooting sean joe thank you for the cookie Oki seven appreciate the can emily uk says hi red pill good to see you hope everything is well can you do a show with tron space shot for the middle of the week please i don't know if i'm be able to do something in the middle of the week maybe i can come on uh, one of their channels and uh, if they've already got a show going i'd be happy to join filter dog one thank you for the cookie d patriot says uh, great guest been following john's work for years zombie clown you're on the air go ahead and unmute your uh, your mic and we'll get your question Hey, fellas, how are you? Beautiful, Excellent. beautiful, beautiful subject. Um, evening, Zach. Uh, evening, John. Thank you so much. So uh, this has been a long time since uh, I've done this. I mean, we were in the middle of this, boy, in the, in the, in the, in the vote, in the Reddit and all that. So, oh, yeah. John, I want, just had a couple little questions. I know you guys are running over time. I appreciate you taking me, bro. No problem. So, uh, uh, while we were digging this, I mean, I know you were overseas, but I know that while I was digging into this and all, a lot of the other knots, I blue screened like two laptops during this, downloading videos from, you know, overseas, all this other stuff. I was just wondering if that happened to you as well. Um, it turns out I'm the guy who figured out that OBS was recording all your keystrokes on the Mac. Uh, I, I, uh, I started to use OBS to do my podcasting and when the Mac upgraded the operating system to, uh, I think it was, um, Ventura uh, the Island. No, the Island off the coast, um, off oh, California, yeah. they, yeah. Monterey, I don't forget what it's Monterey. Called. Yeah. But <clears throat> Mon- yeah, something like that. So I upgrade the operating system and it's telling me that OBS is recording all my keystrokes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Why would it need to do that? And so I called them out on it. I went to the OBS uh, boards and I called them out. That's really my only experience with that. But I'm pretty sure that they've got, you know, Pegasus on my, they, you know, they, they can do whatever they want and monitor as much as they want. I don't use smartphones though. So I don't use an iPhone or an Android at all. So, uh, Right. The, right. They don't right, have right. access to me that way. Yeah. So I don't use any of that stuff. I've got okay. a crappy little flip phone, and the only guy I talk to with it is the guy I do my shows with on Friday, Jason Goodman. And that's all I use it for. And he's the only one that has that phone number. So, 
Right yeah. on. Uh, if 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 I could get you to comment on the on the broken windows on the other side of the 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 building uh, that okay. we saw very early on <laughs> and how that kind of fits in, it's like so there was somebody inside. They made a left turn instead of a right turn, busted out the wrong window. Oh, whoops! We we need to go down the hall the other way, or uh, you know, I'm I wasn't sure how that fit in. And if you could expand on that, go ahead, sir. All right, so. Uh, on the other side of the building, there are gaps for ventilation. Those aren't broken windows. Those are gaps mm. for ventilation. And what is pivotal, though, is something that happens at 9.47 p.m. At 9.47, long before the shooting starts, something happens up at the Four Seasons, and it is recorded on video. And... I kind of correlated to where in the building was. And it looks like it's the 38th floor above Stephen Paddock. And something's happening at 947. Looks like gunfire up in the suite or maybe an explosion. Kind of weird. Well, then later, there's another video you'll find on my channel that says, we found the broken window. So all you have to do is search the Johnny Hoover channel for the word window. And you'll find all the videos talking about broken windows and which windows are broken when. And that's really pivotal. Turns out there's another broken window that the cops are talking about on the radios. But you don't hear that. The news doesn't tell you that. They say, oh, yeah, it looks like we've got another broken window. Well, it turns out that's probably up at the Four Seasons. So there were broken windows that night that got repaired before dawn. And you guys can learn all about that at the Johnny Hoover channel just by searching for the term window. Excellent. Wow. Excellent. Wow. Excellent. Uh, I, I was, I was also going to ask, well, first of all, nice shirt, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm a, what do you call it? You know, I'm a Johnny uh, cash fan. So, <laughs> you know, got to, got to, yeah, uh, you know, all black, you, you too, Jack. All black everything. Yeah, you, you too, Zach. I mean, you Thank know, got to go with the, the Hawaiian theme always. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to ask um, <clears throat> the unfinished Ferris wheel. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 towers that were behind, I think, west and and mm -hmm. on the borderline of the airport. There, I was wondering if that ever was part of your research, sir. Go ahead. Well, I looked, I looked at them, but again, uh, the shooters are in the helicopters. So, if you've got commandos hanging off the side of a helicopter, what, what are you going to say? And Tommy, Tommy, you go climb up inside that vacant tower over there and take yeah. some shots. It's like, no, you don't want guys on the ground if you can avoid it. You want guys in the helicopters, get in, get out. The guys who are on the ground who are taking shots, you need. You don't want a whole lot of those. Yeah. Now, there and are shooters on the ground, but, yeah, there's nobody up in the Ferris wheel thing. By the way, that's been uh, uh, purchased. There's... Uh, a Native American tribe that bought the lot and bought the uh, the Ferris wheel area as well. So the, it, the whole thing has been Interesting. sold. All right, Zombie Clown, we're going to leave it there, buddy, because I got to go through all thank these you, questions on Foxhole. But thank you so much for your call. I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate all you. Right. God bless. God bless, bro. We'll thank see you. you. All right, so jumping back over here to the Foxhole, Just Duckies, thank you for that cookie. Casey, thank you for the phone. Sean Joe, thank you as well. Woke and Walked, thank you for the cookie. Filter Dog 1, Nikki the Greek, Filter Dog 1, Oki 7, Filter Dog 1, Just Duckies says, 
Uh, is this in writing or is there a timeline to get some more clarification on this on all this? John, have you ever put together a Substack or a, a Medium article uh, doing a timeline on this or is it only in video no. form? No, no, it's really only in video form. Uh, and there's different types of videos on the channel. So there are some podcast format videos, but most of them are just really presenting uh the evidence that people filmed with their cameras or came from yeah. body cams from uh, from the police department. In some cases, you'll see me do some calculations and stuff like that, where I'm doing uh, what what was the distance that the shooters were, things like that. But uh, again, most of the data is there. There's hundreds of videos. You guys mm -hmm. just have to go to the channel. Uh, there's also playlists. So if you want to see just stuff about the Saudis, there's a playlist about the Saudis. If you want to see stuff just about the windows, there's a playlist about the windows. Excellent. So you can kind of look at it that way. Yeah. Drill it down. Uh, fun fact, uh, while all of these reports were coming out live, my my mom and her friend Catherine and I were in a group text and we would ev <laughs> we would essentially try to get to that video first and send it off to everybody as soon as we knew that it had been released. So it was uh, pretty exciting watching the investigation in real time. Uh, thank you to uh sean joe thank you to uh filter dog one casey oki seven emily uk casey jack attack 17 says awesome show tonight nothing can stop what is coming bruce banner who called in said fantastic guest and show zach thank you for having me on glad you're here buddy inside gino thank you for the can a boneless chicken said was Antifa involved in any way? They were all over social media bragging about hitting Trump supporters. And I know that at the time there was some discussion about potentially MS-13 being part of the uh, uh, the ground game as well. But any thoughts on both well, of those organizations? So Yeah, so it's interesting. So this is the reason why when everybody was looking like, well, who's the guy running across the roof over there? And what's that? And <clears throat> people were talking about ninjas and foot soldiers Helicopters are all that matters. As mm -hmm. soon as you introduce helicopters, MS-13 can't fly. Mm -hmm. The Bloods and the Crips can't fly. ISIS can't fly. In fact, if you want to fly these things, you got to come to America to learn how to fly these things. It's not easy. So, yeah, I mean... El We're Chapo? talking about skilled operators here, not not yeah, some who, ground Who's game. got six helicopters <clears throat> that can show up in Vegas with commandos and is going to shoot women in the face? Sure. El Chapo? Was El Chapo's wife sleeping with the CEO of MGM and that's what this was about? No, come on. Who's got the means, the motive, and the opportunity? Yes. Well, they yeah. published the motive. They told us, we don't like this MBS guy. He's too young. They've got the means, and they had the opportunity. Certainly, all right. And, and I then, believe it's—I believe it's the biggest cover-up since September 11th. Uh, and I, it was I, the same families, by the way. Same family, same I agree. same people did it. Just it's their kids. Yeah, it's 20 years later. It's the sons now. Wow, I didn't even this. <laughs> I didn't even consider that, but you're absolutely right. Wow, same, uh, same families. So thank you to uh, Janice. Thank you to Filter Dog, who said, I'm nodding off. Great show. And then Just Duckies, regardless of whether you agree with the information or not, you still need to listen and determine your stance. And yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I totally agree with what John was saying earlier. You take him out of it as a person. Just go to the channel. 
Look at the information. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, I, I don't always have people on the, the the show that I necessarily agree with. I think it's interesting to have conversations with people I might be in opposition with. Uh, but this is a subject that has a special place in my heart because I was, you know, actively involved in uh, research and investigations at the time. And John was, uh, you know, somebody who uh, certainly inspired me uh, to continue on with that. And Salty Zero says, have a great show, Zach. Awesome show. Uh, thank you to John. Have a good night. So thank you very much to everybody who has been here tonight. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I it's always a touchy subject when there is uh, any kind of uh, disagreements on the line. But I appreciate the good questions. And, uh, John, I appreciate you being here at the end of the program. Sure. I always like to ask my guests what you would really like the audience to take away from our conversation. Well, probably that uh, I only have black shirts. I don't have <laughs> white shirts. So. <laughs> my my choices are limited, and uh, I, I hope that you guys don't judge my work based on my uh, my wardrobe. Um, the the truth is that the Vegas shooting is really just an evidence based uh, repository. So the the work that I've done is really just pulling the evidence together and highlighting things that aren't easy to see. That's what it really comes down to. Is I, I was able to take the time to point out things that are not immediately evident. You draw what, I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe it wasn't the Saudis. Maybe it was El Chapo. I don't know. But I know that these guys have got helicopters 275 miles away. Mm -hmm. I don't know who else does, right? I don't know who else would do something like this for, for what reason. Mm -hmm. So it, so this is something called inductive reasoning, which is where <clears throat> when they're covering something up, we don't get all the evidence. They're not going to share all the evidence with us. They're hiding stuff from us. So we've got to use pieces and figure out well, what is this most likely. Mm -hmm. And that's as good as we're going to get. That's as good as we're going to get. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you once more, John, for all your work. Thank you for uh, being here with us tonight. Thank you to everybody in the audience. Appreciate the donations. Let me just make sure real quick I didn't miss anything over on Cash App. Yep, nothing on Cash App and nothing on buy me a coffee. Uh, so yes, uh, I will be off tomorrow because it's Sunday. I uh, hope you guys enjoy your day off. Uh, good luck, everyone, and God bless, and we'll see you back here on Monday.